Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Excited to be here tonight. You know, it's really funny. Do you ever have, have you ever had one of those moments where you absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is such a thing as time travel? And you know that there's somebody out there just messing with you, right? I just had one of those moments because, as, as a lot of you know, I, I, I kind of overshare sometimes. And one of my weird quirks is when I'm doing the show, I have to have a whole bunch of pens on my desk, all right, so I, I have a pen, and then I have a spare pen in case I drop that one during the show. All right, and I have a spare. I have another one in case I drop that one. How crazy would that be to drop two pens? So I would have a third spare. And then I have a fourth one just in case my third spare happens to run out of ink while I'm on the show. Right? <laughs> so i'm I'm getting ready, and I'm looking at the switchboard, and I'm doing stuff, and I'm using my pen, I set it down i look I look down, and it's like, where's the rest of my pens? I could not find them anywhere. I'm moving all this stuff around on my desk, and trust me, my desk is not that big, and it's not that full, all right, so I'm looking all over, and I cannot find my pens anywhere. It's like a whole handful that I lay right by my notepad, and it's like. I'm freaking out because it's like two minutes before the show starts and I cannot find my pins. I walk out of the room. Now, mind you, I'm the only one here. I walk out of the room, two feet, pick up my peach tea, come back into the room, and there's my handful of pens laying right beside my thing. It is, was weird. I don't know. I told my mom not to do drugs. In the, well, subconsciously, I time-traveled back and told my mom not to do drugs in the 60s when she was pregnant with me. It's the only thing I can do to explain that because my pins were not there, and then they were there. So time travel, yeah, it's a real thing, guys. I just figured it out. I have proof. <sighs> Mystery solved. Anyway, so I'm really glad everybody's here. I do have all my pins. Life, everything in life is great right now. I want to give you the number real quick in case you want to call in. The number is... Six four six five nine five three nine six five. That's six four six five nine five three nine six five. All right, you can call in and share and read on the show, and we'll get to that part of the show in just a moment. If you are interested, guys, in putting together a workshop with us, please make sure that you send me over. Let me know what you want to do. Send me over a uh, probably a message on Facebook would be the easiest. If I'm not on your contacts list. It's under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you'd like to put the workshop together on. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this. You can just have an idea and want to come and hang out and have some fun with us. We can pre-record these. Uh, we can do a live show where you call in. A live show that's pre-recorded. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does, trust me. Um, we can do a call uh, on the phone and pre-record it together. Or you can record it on your computer, 
and send me an MP3 file. We can do it live. These can be anywhere between 30 minutes and three hours long, depending on how much time you need. And it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be good to go. So if you're interested in putting one on one of those, just shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to do, and uh, we'll get that set up. Next, I want to thank last year. Um, we're at the end of our year, and I want to make sure that we get these big thank yous out to Star Sevron and James Wonsapien and Roy Murdoch for all helping provide um, funds to help keep our three-hour license on our license so we can broadcast for three hours uh, on uh helping sponsor the show and and keep us live at the three-hour mark. Appreciate you guys so much. Love you dearly, and thank you uh, for, on behalf of all of us for the last year of poetry. All right, next. <laughs> I always start the episode, and I, and I think that I may go back and try to find as many of them as I can find and make a whole list and post on my um, on my Facebook links uh, a list of everything I could find from last year, which is the writing work or the writing prompts and then I do writing exercises at the beginning of every show. All right. So maybe do a whole like a whole list of all the prompts I can find. That would be kind of fun. A year in review. It would be better if I could remember them all. And had them all written down. I'll have to make that my New Year's resolution, make sure I get those written down this year. All nice and neat and responsible like. <laughs> all right. So the prompt I'm going to give you first, the prompt is done with the intent of creating a poem. It's uh, planting a seed. All right, so we want this to somehow end up uh, producing a poem being like the title of or a line in or uh, the concept of. Okay, any of those will work. And uh, so the prompt for this week is the end is near. Oh no, that's not that was last that was last week's scroll up. Okay. So the prompt this week the prompt this week is if not for. If not for. All right? The prompt. If not for. Now, whatever your interpretation of that is, go ahead and run with it and see what comes out of that. Now next, the exercise. The exercise is meant to uh, help you flex your, your creative muscles, your poetic mind, make you look at something in a way that you may not normally look at it, see it in a way you may not see it normally, um, write about it in a different direction, uh, look at it from different perspectives, all of that, okay, or to have you do something as an artist that makes you step out of your comfort zone. I'm really going to be co- uh, concentrating a lot on the latter part of that, but we'll get into that later this year. We'll, we'll Never mind. I'll explain it later when we get into it later. (laughs) Um, So we're going to have a lot of them that are making you physically do things instead of just creatively. This week, though, is going to be a really fun one. This is a writing exercise. All right. So what I want you to do this week (laughs) is I want you to Google a first name and then the words classic poetry so as an example one time I typed in Sarah classic poetry and I came up with Sarah Teasdale who I read and was just floored by and to this day is one of my absolute favorite favorite poets ever 
poets, you know, the, you read a lot of good poetry, but every once in a while you read a poet who clicks, you know, and you and all of a sudden your brain and their words are like cogs. The mechanism inside a clock just t- ticking is perfect. You get it. You know, she was one of those poets for me and I really, really enjoyed her writing. And I would never have found her or been inspired by her or learned of her had I not done this exercise. I was just sitting one day on board and thought, okay, let's do this. So I want you to Google a first name, any first name you want, and then the words classic poetry. I want you to find three poems by whoever it is. So in my example, it would have been Sarah Teasdale. So I would read three poems by Sarah Teasdale. All right, and out of those three poems, I would like write down two lines from each poem. So the first poem I read, I'd write down two lines. Second poem I read, I'd write down two more lines. Third poem I read, I'd write two uh, two more lines down from that one, so that by the end I would have a total of six lines. Then I want you to take those six lines and add your own six lines. So you end up with a 12-line poem, and you can put them together in whatever order you want to put them together in. But you have to use the six lines from that poet, from three of their poems, and six of your own originally written lines to help glue them together, to be the mortar between them, or have them be the mortar between your words. All right? Then I want you to make sure when you do this exercise, though, like if I had done that, I would have written down Sarah T, uh, from the poet, six lines from the poetry of Sarah Teasdale. And then um, that way the lines that I used of hers were still accredited to her. It's kind of like doing a collab with someone. So, yeah, first name, classic poetry, read three poems, write down two lines each, and then intermingle those six lines total with six lines of your own totals for a total of a 12-line poem, and there you have it. That is your exercise. Uh, and and that's like that's like one of those those miracle exercises that actually touch on every you know it gets gets all of your five thousand parts when you're when you do this one it's it's every aspect of writing this will cover so yeah and it's fun do this one you guys and then remember when you uh, do those jot those down keep them handy and then you can bring them back here and share them with us it's always fun when you do that. All right, before we get started, the beginning of every show, we also, well, we actually start and end each episode with an audio track. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your track played on the air, you can email those to me at, the word that's in there, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, okay? And we would be happy to have that in our library to play it for the world. So cool. Now, the one that I'm going to start the show with this week is Andrea Gibson, and it's called Asking Too Much. Here we go. I want you to tell me about every person you've ever been in love with. Tell me why you loved them, then tell me why they loved you. Tell me about a day in your life you didn't think you'd live through. Tell me what the word home means to you and tell me in a way that I'll know your mother's name just by the way you describe your bedroom when you were eight. See, I want to know the first time you felt the weight of hate 
And if that day still trembles beneath your bones, do you prefer to play in puddles of rain or bounce on the bellies of snow? And if you were to build a snowman, would you rip two branches from a tree to build your snowman arms, or would you leave your snowman armless for the sake of being harmless to the tree? And if you would, would you notice how that tree weeps for you because your snowman has no arms to hug you every time you kiss him on the cheek? you kiss your friends on the cheek? Do you sleep beside them when they're sad, even if it makes your lover mad? Do you think that anger is a sincere emotion, or just the timid motion of a fragile heart trying to beat away its pain? See, I want to know what you think of your first name, and if you often lie awake at night and imagine your mother's joy when she spoke it for the very first time. I want you to tell me all the ways you've been unkind. Tell me all the ways you've been cruel. Tell me, knowing I often picture Gandhi at ten years old beating up little boys at school. If you were walking by a chemical plant where smokestacks were filling the sky with dark black clouds, would you holler, poison, 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 really loud, or would you whisper, that cloud looks like a fish, and that cloud looks like a fairy? Do you believe that Mary was really a virgin? Do you believe that Moses really parted the sea? And if you don't believe in miracles, tell me, how would you explain the miracle of my life to me? See, I want to know if you believe in any God, or if you believe in many gods, or better yet, what gods believe in you. And for all the times you've knelt before the temple of yourself, have the prayers you asked come true? And if they didn't, did you feel denied? And if you felt denied, denied by who? I want to know what you see when you look in the mirror on the day you're feeling good. I want to know what you see when you look in the mirror on the day you're feeling bad. I want to know the first person who ever taught you your beauty could ever be reflected on a lousy piece of glass. If you ever reach enlightenment, will you remember how to laugh? Have you ever been a song? Would you think less of me if I've told you I've lived my entire life a little off-key and I'm not nearly as smart as my poetry, I just plagiarize the thoughts of the people around me who have learned the wisdom of silence? Do you believe that concrete perpetuates violence? And if you do, I want you to tell me of a meadow where my skateboard will soar. See, I want to know more than what you do for a living. I want to know how much of your life you spend just giving. And if you love yourself enough to also receive sometimes. I want to know if you bleed sometimes from other people's wounds. And if you dream sometimes that this life is just a balloon that if you wanted to, you could pop. But you never would because you never wanted to stop. If a tree fell in the forest, and you were the only one there to hear, if its fall to the ground didn't make a sound, would you panic and fear that you didn't exist, or would you bask in the bliss of your nothingness? And lastly, let me ask you this. If you and I went for a walk, and the entire walk we didn't talk, do you think eventually we'd kiss? No, wait. That's asking too much. After all, this is only our first date. Andrea Gibson with Asking Too Much. Check her out on YouTube. Absolutely one of my favorite favorite contemporary artists. I absolutely love the way she weaves ideas together. If you ever listen, like if you go back and listen to that poem, you'll notice that there's a formula that she's actually following. She'll, she'll do a run-on list of if questions. If this happened, if this happened, if this happened, if this happened, you know. And then she does like three of those, and then we'll do a clothesline that ties all of them together. So it's three random thoughts, all that would take you to a conclusion line. And it, it makes for a very, you know, when you're doing, wanting to write in a way that, that really attaches your work to your reader emotionally you start getting an emotional reaction from them as they're reading it. If you want to attach your words to someone like that, it's really important to be able to write those super strong, vivid, concrete images, like high contrast. 
and that's you know the way those ifs are they were all in contrast to each other but they all painted the exact same emotion you wanted them to land on um, so that's a real good poem to study if that type of writing interests you because it's, she does that very very well in this piece and uh, just love her check her out Andrea Gibson asking too much now guys what comes next? Dun, dun, dun. All right, so if you're on hold, just first of all, let me let you know again. If you want to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as Area code 216 is our first caller tonight. When I bring you on, please introduce yourself. Make sure that your name is attached to your work and people know who's reading. And that way I don't get bombarded with, hey, who is this? Hey, who is this? I am's. And I can pay attention to what you're reading. <laughs> so it's really important to introduce yourself. I always want to have your name out there with your work. Uh, you can do, let me look at the lines real quick. We're kind of full, I think. No, we're going to, let's do, if you've got two, you know, normal size poems, we can start out doing two tonight. Uh, if the lines get too busy, much busier than they are now, uh, we're going to cut that back down to one. But until then, you can read two pieces, all right? And please keep them right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous of the people waiting in line behind you. When you are done reading, uh, please give us your URL. That way people can come over and visit with you, get to know you, network a little bit with you, and uh, enjoy your writing until the next time you come here next week and share it again. Then please remember that we have a mature-rated show. That means you're bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of uh, no hardcore hardcore erotica, no adult poetry, uh, word porn stuff, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B, that type of stuff. Other than that, you're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give you the first three callers. We have area code 216, 256, and 219. All right? That way you kind of have an idea of where you are and how soon you'll be coming on. I'm getting all my notebooks organized while I'm trying to sound so professional. <laughs> um so I want before we even let's jump down here and do this real quick before I forget. I want to let area code seven three four eight three three two zero one and nine eight nine know that they are not in the lineup. So seven three four eight three three two zero one and nine eight nine. If you guys, any of the four of you want to come on the air, press one on your phone. If you're just hanging out and listening, welcome. Glad you're here. You change your mind at any time, then go ahead and press one and you will bring you on. That's seven three four two zero one and nine eight nine. All right. Otherwise we're good to go. And then with that said, there's nowhere else to go but to our first caller, which is area code two one six. Two one six, you're on the air. And I'm happy to be on the air. I hey mama it, I can't remember the last time you were first. You beat the boys. Oh yeah. I was ready. I mean, it's, everybody's not been doing their show. They're not, you know, like, you know, showing up on every week like you do. So it's like, wait a minute, they're making me suffer here. It was like I haven't had a show since last Friday. Just, <laughs> Were they taking time off for the holidays? No, I don't know what they're doing. They say they're coming and they don't come and, and uh, cancel and all kind of stuff. Just, and it's not there. And right now, this is what I need. 
But you know what? I want to do something different than I usually do. I want because I really didn't know that uh, Biggie and uh, some of the rappers had stolen the last poet's uh, lyrics or their hooks. And um, so I'm going to read this because some of the young people might not know this either, that uh, the last poet uh, had a hook uh, party and bullshit. And it was from the poem, When the Revolution Comes. And I'm going to read that poem, and um, you know, just for historical purposes. And then tell everybody to make sure your copyrights and stuff are, you know, on your pieces and, you know, time stamped and everything you can to protect yourself because uh, they sued for $24 million and they sued also sued Barry Gordy Jr. and uh, Biggie Smalls and some other, more artists that were uh, like, you know, um, pilferaging and stealing people's things and they're not even dead yet. I mean, at least wait till I die, like, you know. <laughs> and uh, then I would like to say <laughs> So here we go. It's called When the Revolution Comes. And the hook that they sow is party and bullshit. And I'll play that part at the end. When the revolution comes, when the revolution comes, when the revolution comes, some of us will probably catch it on TV with chicken hanging from our mouths. You'll know it's revolution cause there won't be no commercials when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, preacher pimps are gonna split the scene with communion wine stuck in their back pockets and faggots won't think it's too funny so then all the junkies will quit their nodding and wake up when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, transit cops will be crushed by the trains after losing their guns and blood will run through the streets of Harlem drowning anything without substance when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, when the revolution comes, I hope pearly white teeth fall out of mouths that speak of revolution without reverence. The cost of revolution is 360 degrees. Understand the cycle that never ends. Understand the beginning to be the end and nothing is in between but space and time that I make or you make to relate or not to relate to the world outside my mind, your mind speak not of revolution until you are willing to eat rats to survive when the revolution comes, when the revolution comes, when the revolution comes, guns and rifles will be taking the place of poems and essays Black culture centers will be supplying the revolutionaries with food and arms when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, white death will frost from the walls of museums and churches, breaking the lies that enslave our mothers when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, Jesus is going to be standing on the corner of Lenox Avenue and West Lenox Avenue and 125th Street trying to catch the first gypsy cab out of Harlem when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, Jewish merchants will give away matzo balls and gelta fish to anyone they see with afros. And Frank Schiffman will give away the Apollo to the first person he sees wearing a blue daishiki when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, 
when the revolution comes, Afro's going to be trying to straighten their heads, and straighten heads going to be trying to wear Afro's when the revolution comes. When the revolution comes. When the revolution comes, but until then, you know and I know, niggas will be partying and bullshit and partying and bullshit. And bullshit and party and bullshit. And party and bullshit and party and bullshit and party. Some might even die before the revolution comes. And peace. Wow. (laughs) That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was the last poets. Um, You can read about it. Um, They did eventually try to sue them, but it was years later, and I think they didn't get their $24 million. But I remember that's their poem, and I didn't know that some of the rappers had tried to, like, squeeze it out, you know, make it their own. That's their hook. And the hook just came to me the other day. I'm like, party? Like, what have I been doing with my life? And I said, party and bullshit. Party. That's funny. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was it. And then my own piece, my second piece of card, basically no. Skimming the surface of my mind, can't go deep sometimes. Days dangling on the outskirts of time, too sane to live and too crazy to die. No longer enthused about complying with what's destined to be. Those polite, I cannot stand your stares. Why can't you just say what I wanted to hear? Smirks. Unmask those questions that go unasked. Someone once answered a question I asked. When I questioned why, why not, they replied. So as we wait half-heartedly to fulfill our purpose, feeling a sense of being sentenced to life and this life, searching for reasons, form in this perpetual circus, too sane to live and too crazy to die. Too many answers, not enough questions. The answers I sought have outlived their need. Once again, I'm lost in the forest of evil deeds. Too sane to live and too crazy to die. Getting comfortable here is not a good feeling. Things once enjoyed now seem unappealing and appalling. Restless and anxious, that feeling of falling. Can't study my parts. In fact, I'm about to dump this role. <laughs> it's no longer moving my heart. Too sane to live and too crazy to die. The real life, my real life, is a ghost that I can no longer see. Must look far and wide to find the real me. I no longer dwell in its flesh. My thoughts are afloat. They contain my soul. Too sane to live and too crazy to die. Stayed here too long. Can't continue this lie. Don't give me answers if you don't know the question about my daughter. My laughter is weak. My outlook is blurry. My energy low. Still, I have a few questions, though the future looks bleak. Whatever's left undone in my unfinished script, my real life's a ghost that I can no longer see. Must look far and wide to find the real me. I'm not here in the flesh. My thoughts are afloat, but they contain my soul. I'm too sane to live and too crazy to die. Staying here too long. 
can't continue this line. Whatever's left undone in my unfinished scripts, in my unfinished plans, I admit and I regret that it won't come to fruition. I've not finished them yet. So back to my opening line, skimming the surface of my mind. I can't go deep sometimes, dazed, dangling on the outskirts of time, too fame to live and too crazy to die. So my answer is basically no. Thank you. That was incredible. I skipped over some of it because it was a little long, and then I already did a piece, but I'll read it again for you one day. All right. Love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome, Mama. Love you, too. And awesome to have you start out the show for us on such an awesome note. Do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you. Uh, Vicki Aqua, Facebook, um, and Poetry Soup, and um, got some books coming out. I mean, really, I'm going to get them out before I leave the planet. So just look out for uh, at least two regular books and five chat books, and um, I'll be posting them. And I'll also post them on your page, uh, your uh, event page, when I get them out. Awesome. Okay, everybody. I'm going to be listening. I want to be listening on the big screen, so do your best. It's going to be in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mom. I love you, honey. Love you, too. I also was uh, tripping about those pens, but we'll talk about that later. But I do need you to call me for I need to do a workshop. I'll explain it to you when you call me. Okay. That works for me. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, honey. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 256. 256, you're on the air. Or not. We are having issues with chat and the board tonight, guys. Um, but I think we're going to be oh. okay. Hello. 256, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful, sweetheart. How are you? I am fine. This is Stan out of Alabama. <laughs> How are you, Stan? Out of out of, how is your what are you doing tonight? What's going on with you? Well, what's going on with me is I'm working a little bit here and there. On uh, just got the prompts in from the garden. Uh, just got finished commenting on some uh, poetry in a another uh, group. It's sort of an anthology group called uh, uh, Poetry you know, Springs Embrace. And I just uh, put a poem in there. I'm, of course, making sure I've got my a little piece of my homework done for you this evening. <laughs> <laughs> and Tuesday night was outstanding because I got the opportunity to uh, open a show I'm a host on with uh, Holly Woods, a.k.a. Murder, She Wrote. And I got to open with a piece that I was given by Mr. George Wiley and then toward the close of the show I got to do a piece that was uh, given to me to do by Mr. James Rothline so it was quite wow. an evening yeah, now, that's a heck of a lineup oh I know I know it, it was it was very satisfying it really was <laughs> and I was honored that, that those two gentlemen would let me would trust me with their with their work Pretty cool. That's that's awesome. 
So I kind of, I kind of tag team this piece for the for the homework and for the uh, exercise because what I did is I took your homework, which was can you feel it, and I made it a haiku. <laughs> That's fair, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was being quiet because I thought you were going to start reading. Oh, well, I will. This is a very short, short one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead yeah. whenever you're ready. Here we go. Hearts find empathy when compassion's transcendence pulses in their souls and peace. Wow. All right, so tell me tell me how tell me the story with that one again. Well, that is your can you feel it? And I the lines and the lines were uh, about feeling it, which is mm-hmm. hearts find empathy when compassion's transcendence pulses in their souls. Absolutely incredible. And we're we're supposed to be able to do two tonight as long as they're short? Of course. Okay. Well, that was my homework. And I've got another short one. And then actually a couple of them that aren't that long at all. This, believe it or not, is a cover from a poet from the 1100s. A poet by the name of Sue to what can our lives on earth be likened to a flock of geese alighting on the snow sometimes leave any trace of their passage in peace sometimes leaving a trace of their passage that's a really Really incredible line. I mean, the whole Didn't thing was awesome. But that that line, that line really stuck out. I know that 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 was one of the poets of the month that was selected on World Poetry Open Mic. And I started reading some of his poetry, and I came across this piece of brevity, and I said, "I've got to beat James to that one. <laughs> I'm going to beat James on this one." Because I know he's he's like a master of brevity, and he would see that and go, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I want to. Yeah. So I've kind of beat him to that one. That's funny. I got it first. I can just picture you doing the little, the little thumb on the nose thing and him looking all sad. And Oh, not at all. My, this was my story. Work with me. <laughs> You know, this is your story? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm making it up okay. as I go. How am I doing? <laughs> yeah, me sitting there, sitting there after I do it, looking at him going, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly what I was seeing. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't do that to James. He's into the punch, but I wouldn't nana nana him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I had to laugh. Oh, okay. Well, this is a, a short one, too. This is As a Child, and this one's me. As adults, 
What childish things do we let go? As the groan told us what to feel, how to think, where to go. Do we keep open hearts and open minds and eyes? Or do we suppress our real senses and selves in a disguise of lies? Do we speak freely the truth we see without pretense? Or politically correct in our discourse as a social self-defense? As a grown person puts away all childish things, loss of innocence in being jaded, replacements that sting. Honesty, humility, equality, childlike hearts, not fearing a fall. Put away some things, yes, as grown-ups we do. But not all things, my friend. Not all. In peace. That was amazing. Oh, thank you. You are very, I love very welcome. I love this venue. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because we love you. Oh, yeah. Well, I would say this. It is great to be on here, and thank you for the venue, and thank you for letting me read. And kudos to Mama. Kudos to her. Busted them. Cold busted them. I love it. <laughs> Get them, Mama. Well, that was just great. I love that. Yeah, you see, you don't mess with Mama now. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. No. No. <laughs> All right, my dear. So, what do you uh do you want to hang out for a little bit and take a couple callers with me or are you Oh, sure. You love it. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So, before we do though, tell everyone how to find you so that we they just in case. They well, my, I'm on uh, Facebook as Stanley Phillips. Uh I you can hear me of course, Thursday nights on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. If I can get in there, you might catch me in the first hour of uh, Van Meadows. Let's talk about it, which is also on Blog Talk through Epiphany Radio. Uh, after that, on Fridays, I will be on World Poetry Open Mic. Saturdays, you can catch me on Poetry Madness. Sundays... If they, it should be on next Sunday, hopefully. The Inspiration Factory, which is with Paul Sampson. Uh, sometimes I make it Mondays to the Get Down, which is Akil Ali and Van Meadows. And then Tuesday nights at 9 Eastern Time, you can find me hosting with Holly Woods, a.k.a. Murder, She Wrote on a broadcast called The Hurt Locker, which is where we deal with those struggles and strifes that plague our lives. And we share those things and hopefully do a little poetic therapy along the way. And this week's coming issue is going to be lupus. Wow. That's a pretty, pretty hard topic there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it is a topic that needs to be discussed. When you realize that there's over 200,000 
diagnosed cases a year of this with no known cure. It's an issue. I agree. Really glad you're doing that one. All right. So you guys get that jotted down. That's what he's got going over there. Right now we got him here. So yay for <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Well, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and see who our next caller is. Hang on one second. See if I can get the board to cooperate. See, this is actually so if I get stuck here by myself, I'm not by myself this week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, that's not exactly true. I just like having you here. Okay. Oh, all right. Catch my breath. I may almost made myself cough there. All right. Our next caller is area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Hey, now how you doing? This is Brother O on the line. How you doing? Hey, Brother O. I'm doing great. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing okay. It's good to hear from you, Brother O. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. I'm good to hear from you, too. Thank you. So what is going on with you? What do you have for us tonight, my dear? Oh, you know what? They're working on some new poems, and this is a, this is a one of the latest uh, poems that covers love relationships. It's called "Why Are the Real Brothers Overlooked and Unnoticed?" Oh yeah. It is often said that it's a challenge for a sister to find a real brother. And now I declare it's equally as challenging for real brothers like myself to find sisters who appreciate and love us as the kings we were born to become. I know this struggle all too well. It appears that intelligent, God-fearing, and real brothers like myself often overlook and go unnoticed, regardless of what we accomplish in our lives. It completely perplexes my mind as to why certain women would rather look at men with great physical attributes instead of investigating their character and their personality, or as to why certain sisters would rather date men who have street knowledge in favor of educated brothers. Sometimes I just want to pull the sister off to the side and ask her, are you focused exclusively on how much a brother has his bank account was a chain possession? Or do you desire a man who knows your true value as a phenomenal woman? Well, it makes me wonder. Do I have to live up to a standard to meet a stranger requirement? Do I have to alter my personality and physical appearance to impress her? Do I have to fit certain criteria in order for her to, or at least, to set me out? Or do I have the courage just to be myself, overcome rejection, and keep right on trying until I finally meet a sister who is the right one for me and who loves me for being me? I know in my heart and soul that I'm a prime candidate taking off the single market. I have every qualification possible 
I need all the criteria. Well, the majority of it. I'm a good-looking, intelligent, and God-fearing brother. I got morals, standards, and that. I'm out here to make the name for myself to make my aspirations become the internationally recognized right and poor reality. I got a lot of great potential. And I'm that brother often gets overlooked and goes unnoticed. Like a footnote bibliography on the research paper or the table of contents in the book. I'm just trying to figure out why more women don't look in my direction. And I ain't going to lie. That really bothers me. I know that I'm not the only brother who has ever experienced what I'm going through right now. Now, brother, why why would you believe that you get overlooked and go unnoticed? Bro, you deserve to be with a real woman who loves and appreciates you for the great brother you are, who attained. You got many great qualities to offer to these sisters. Now, any woman will be blessed to have you as their king. They have no clue about what they're missing out on, bro. My dear brothers and sisters, I wouldn't be me if I didn't keep it 100% about why I often get overlooked and go unnoticed. Maybe some women already assume that I have a girlfriend, fiance, or wife in a relationship engaged in marriage. Maybe it's my past reputation as a womanizer that causes this to hesitate. Maybe I'm not the type of brother that certain women date. Maybe it's my overall physical appearance or my style of dress. Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's because I'm not a brother who frequents bars and clubs, hangs out with the fellas, most drinks and sleeps with multiple women. Maybe it's my numerous flaws, imperfections, shortcomings that I have. Maybe it's because certain women are intimidated by mentally tough brothers like myself. Or maybe it's because my level of intelligence is too much for some of them to handle. Or maybe it's because I'm a shy brother who's too cautious to approach women or doesn't know how to convince a sister to go out, go out with me because of my expectations of rejection in poem. Always a what? strong piece of writing from you. Thank you, Nava. You know, that that's a good point, though. I mean, like you said, you've got the character. You've got the, the depth of personality. You've got those assets. And like you said, You've got a plan. You have aspirations. You know, you're not out there just playing. You're working it. And you would think somebody would see those attributes and go, that's somebody worthwhile to be around. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, see, man. You had to say you're out there working it, and now I'm picturing him in, picturing him in spandex. Oh, good God. <laughs> I know, right? I was, everything was fine until you said he's out there working it, and all of a sudden there's Brother Owen Spandex. I want to thank you for that because some things that are imagined can never be unimagined. <laughs> Here's a visual for you to cuddle up with there, dear. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it. 
Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> awesome piece of writing, Brother O. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Absolutely my pleasure. All right, do me a favor, do us a favor, and tell everyone how they can come find you. Uh, to those of you who are not connected with me on social media, I can be found on Facebook under the name of my brother O'Gavin. And as always, my dear friends, thank you for your loyal support on the Speakeasy Cafe every Thursday night with our sister Nala. <laughs> I hear oh, that. we appreciate you so much. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Brother O. You're welcome. I appreciate it. All right, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, so our next caller comes from area code 832. We have two 832, so we have 8323 and 8326. We're taking 8323 first. 8323, you are on the air. Hello? Hello. <laughs> you know, I don't like you. You always do that. You never say 832 ahead of time. <laughs> I was in the middle of doing something, waiting to come on. <laughs> Happy you, New Year. Blessing Mama. Do you need me to take someone no, else first sorry, time? No, sorry, I, 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 I got good? you now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. You may have the international uh, listener online. Uh, anyway, uh, they were trying to click on the link, so I'm not sure if they're here or not. So, this is Emilia T. Davis calling from Houston, Texas. Here it comes. Hello, How sweetheart. Are you doing, <laughs> I Thank am you. fabulous. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think that uh, Stan got the memo. <laughs> I did. I tore the damn thing up. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Uh, All right. So what's up, Mamelia, my darling? It's the new year. Mm -hmm. So so I have a piece called Warrior Queen. I thought it would be fitting given uh, what's been happening in in, uh, my recent past, so. I'm going to bring you Warrior Queen. I don't want your sympathy or pity. Yes, I've been broken, misused, abused, and tortured. The world came against me hard, attempting to shred me alive. Yet, that really isn't the story I'm here to tell. It's all about my victories. I'm a warrior queen who withstood all the tragic to overcome like the phoenix. Rejoice with me, sing and dance, for I'm still standing strong and tall. Don't you know me by now? I'm a victor, not a victim. 
My soul soars through space-time as my ink flows. Hold my hand as I touch the sky. Feel my heart beat against your soul. Know that I'm strong and proud and no one's fool. I fight the negative with the power and light of the positive. I slay the dragons of hate with the sword of love. I wear the armor of the Most High. You see, I love me. I delight in who I've become. I'm a brilliant star shining bright in the dark world of hate and anguish. Yes, we all need an ear from time to time, a soft shoulder to lay our head upon. Never think I'm weak or fragile because life's fires have forged me like steel. Why not think about being my warrior king as we romance upon the stars? Teach me your ways, for I have an open mind ready to learn, to expand the intelligence, light years ahead of the rest, as our beats rhyme through the night. I need no one's sympathy or pity, for I am the royal queen. Musings of Amelia T. Davis in peace. Oh, I love hearing that you're coming back up swinging, lady. That was great. I love you, Stan. You know, you you have been so supportive and so good to me, and you are so awesome. You're an amazing poet, a phenomenal human being, and uh, you need the world to me. Thank you, sir. Oh, my pleasure, Amelia. A soul like yours ain't going to let you stay down long. Amen. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, darling. Thank you. So do you want me to do a second piece or? Please, uh, yeah. We're still doing two. Okay. Um. I'll do this one. I think this one's kind of, kind of cute and funny. It's called um, Agent, <laughs> Poetry Man. Oh, you remember it, huh? Okay. Agent, Poetry Man. I had a dream once that a poet who owned a poetry radio station organization was actually an undercover FBI agent. His skills as a wordsmith are exquisite. His hosts are mighty and poetry warriors in their own right. How it unfolded was, the hosts came to visit me in person. They explained they had been watching my daily activities for years now. They found me to be an upright person with morals and values, a heart for mankind. Their purpose for the visit was to incorporate me into their system. The system was FBI agents posing as poets. 
They were to help keep the nation safe and to help individuals overcome devastation of one sort or another. I had to swear an oath to protect, serve, and to excel as a poet. The main man would be visiting me soon and would give me my first assignment. I was so excited. I wasn't just part of a poetry organization. I now am helping my country. I awaited further instructions from Agent Poetry Man. Finally arriving at my home, he entered my domain. I'd been waiting so many years for this meeting to take place. We sat down, and he explained he needed me by his side for this next assignment, the skills only I could bring. Just as we left to go on this adventure, I woke up. It has stayed with me for the longest. Wouldn't it be so cool if poets could help our nation? Yet, that was when Obama was president. Under Trump, it probably would have evil intentions. And dream, musings of Amelia T. Davis. You know, what's funny is I always tell people that they don't understand the power of writing. You know, they, you, you, you know, why is it important? Why is it so, why do I push you? Why do we push ourselves to write? Why it's important that we do this? I always say it's because if we don't write our own history, the truth of a time comes from the tongue of the common man. That's an original quote, by the way. You can write that one down. The truth of time comes from the tongue of the common man, which means, it sounds kind of weird, but I collect, one of my weird things that I love to do is watch auctions and things, and I collect collections of old letters and or journals or diaries. And I'll I'll buy a batch of letters that were written, you know, during the early years of World War II or back, you know, when you know, pre-Civil War era, and and read about what life was like. And World War II probably is the strongest hitting, maybe because it's things I really relate to um, as far as known history to me. You know, World War II was very real in my mom and dad's lives and living with that and, and being raised around you know, the the influence of how that impacted their lives, how history touched their lives and stuff. But reading through those letters and stuff, I get a much better idea of what things were really like. Because if we leave our history to be written by the people who have something to hide, gain, or profit from in its, from its writing, we'll never know the truth. Because it's always, it's always going to be tainted to the advantage of or perspective of the writer. You know, so it's really important that we write. Yeah. You can change the world with what with words. You know, when back in the olden days, when they wanted to, you know, pre uh, medieval, let's say mid- medieval age, you know, even a little bit later than that. But if you wanted to disrupt a society, the very first thing that they did if they were invading was take out the bards, take out the line of communication. You know, like when the bards used to go town to town and and sing and act out and do spoken word and spread the news and the stories and the tales, uh, you know, across the land. You take out the bards, you can control that, which is like the media, you know. 
So right. you know, you, it's important to write. It's important for us to write our history. So that anyway, that made what you said made me think of that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hi, Stan. Hello. Uh, yeah, well, I, that thing about the World War Two. In retrospect, the truth is, I would not be here if it were not for World War Two. That's how my father and mother met. My dad came out of Pennsylvania after he joined the Navy. My mother moved to California and became one of the Rosie the Riveter girls working in the shipyard. And that's how they oh, met. Oh, you have to find a picture of her for me when she was doing that. Oh, God, I wish. I wish. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That would. But yeah, that, that is how they met. He happened to be, his ship happened to be in there being resupplied and all that in California, and she was out there doing what she was doing in the shipyards, and that's how they met and eventually became man and wife. <laughs> oh, isn't that beautiful? You Aww. know, I can say the same thing. My dad was in the Seabees and got kicked out when he was 17 because they found out he had been in for uh, three years and was underage, so he got kicked out at 17. And because he, dishonorably, because he was selling cigarettes to the enemies. So he would steal them from the barracks or the the warehouse or whatever, and he would take them over and uh, had met these guys somehow and was selling cig- our cigarettes to the enemies and got caught. My ba- my daddy oh. was not. <laughs> my daddy was an outlaw. Bad. <laughs> yeah, well. I know, right? Aww. But then, so when he got out of the out of the service, being so young and not being able to really get a job, he he got a job doing door to door sales, and he was selling pots and pans. And my mom was living in this uh, antique Victorian house in downtown Portland with two of her college roommates. And the guys knock on the door selling pots and pans, and there's these three girlies in there, and and you know, uh, if you buy the pots and pans, we'll come over and cook you a spaghetti dinner, and the rest is history. Right, there but go. he got there he got booted go. off the ship in Portland and had to find a job and you know it was, it was that was it that's how they yeah so it's, it's I mean history affects history's fingerprints they're, that's why that you know they're they're world changing events you know where everybody's affected by it there's there's that six degree of, of separation from everything you know and in this case for a lot of us it's just right there no but awesome no. we went off on a tangent didn't we. Yes, we did, but, you know, I'm thinking, now you're sitting there saying that he told her, if you buy the pots and pans, I'll cook you a spaghetti dinner. She bought the pots and pans. He cooked the mm-hmm. spaghetti dinner, and that was it. That was it. They wow. Were, yeah, that must have been one hell of a recipe for spaghetti. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, I'd like... Uh, you know, I was saying that somebody overseas was connected online, and I'd like to shout them out. His name is Clifford. Clifford thinks all of you guys are wonderful. He's inboxing me. So shout out, Clifford. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Facebook under Emilia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S. You can also find me under Poetical Angel Queen. You can Google me under Amelia T. Davis, 
or you can find me here every Thursday night on the Speakeasy with Nyla and sometimes her fabulous, wonderful co-host, Stan Phillips. Oh, wow. Man, how is that for an introduction? Oh, I'm telling you, if I was blushing anymore, I'd be a stop sign. <laughs> I love you, Nyla. I love you, Stan. Blessings and Happy New Year. Blessings and love to you, too, Amelia. To you as well, Thank sweetheart. You. To you as well. All right. All right. Our next caller, Mr. Stan. Get this one marked. All right. The next caller comes from area code eight three two six. So eight three two six, you're on the air. Hey, Manila. Hey. Hey. Is that you're Mr. Stan? Same state as, I don't, same state as Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, soldier? Yeah. Ah, uh, not too bad. I woke up yesterday and became the uh, the rolling river of allergies. So it's like, oh goody. Oh, yeah, I, I just I just love it when they hit me like that. Like I'm turning oh, yeah. a corner and all I get bludgeoned in the head. You know. So it's been fun. I'm taking my dose of uh, Zyrtec though, and it's helping me out some. I can I can uh, hear it in your this, voice a little. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, what can I say about that? I can only do what I can. Mm-hmm. And try to try to roll roll on with it. But, you always um, sound this, good this, no matter what, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um now now did you say we were doing two? Or or we mm-hmm. can do two? Okay, because yeah. I got two shorties basically. Um, but one is just kind of interesting just because it kind of it did, took its own evolution. And it, uh, I wasn't actually planning on uh, writing the next installment on this particular, uh, um, I don't want to call it subject or topic because that kind of removes it from the person, from, from, from what it's about in terms of people. But it's just another, it's, it's another in the continuing series, I'll put it that way. Yeah, in any case, this, uh, this uh, um, work is called Prognosis Ghost. I am a ghost. The deliberations of words never spoken. The colors of thoughts never expressed. Gedaki. I am the shadow within the shadows that bleed, pool, and collect in the corners of buildings and the hallways. The bones of sodden earth. Wabin wakish pom. Woninga. Buried. Beneath concrete, you will never see. I am a ghost, the blood tinge upon the mist of your breath that you almost recognize, the blurred visage of a human being without eyes. I am a ghost, a grease burn, a marrow smear. I am the cur just beyond moonlight when the bone bonfires burn. After dark, almost midnight, a recollection you cannot decipher. Illegible emotions, stone epitaphs, 
gone but not forgot. Sikte Otaha. I am the footprint you will never follow. The fingerprint missing from every usable file. The samples of evidence not included in a forensic conversation. I am a ghost. Ubechni. I eat nothing. I need no personal space. Skull sockets splayed. Shoulder blade bones. We throw me. I see you. I am a ghost. Blood. A wash of mudbank silt sliding over the roots that hide the planes of facial recognition. Features only I will know between rock and smooth strata stone. Oh, I am a ghost. Swamp gas nitrate filters what's left of a winsome smile. Who am I? I am a ghost. Tendril passages of hair-fine growth. I have been here a long time. Tears dried to rain. Songs to fade it. Wind whispers, it is where I am. My earthly remains waiting for my red dress. Last woven breath, my face translucent. Memory, who am I? Old, decayed, deceased. I am red earth, a silenced sister. I am a ghost waiting. Nonke Vajonge Ube in peace. Holy moly. Wow. That, that was a whale of a description. That is a whale of a description of being a ghost. Man. There's some of that imagery, man, that 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 was so vivid. That was outstandingly written. Are you blessing, Soldier Blue? Huh? (laughs) Are you blessing? No, I'm I'm just glad that it came across because those are for my sisters. Mm -hmm. No, they're for my sisters who don't have someone speaking for them or looking for them. I heard that. I know how, I know how... uh... You, know, you that's actually you know thinking back you you've really been a catalyst for that for years now years out of all your subject matter that's probably the one you that you've held on to the strongest and I can tell you feel the most the deepest the you know it's really it's really kind of bulldogged you it's like when something's something gets a bone, you know, bulldog gets a bone in its mouth, it never lets go. I mean that that cause, that passion has has definitely bulldog you. And it's phenomenal well, to, it's, to be uh, able to have you yeah, I, as a voice. Well, I you know, I mean I it's just that uh and I don't know if I've ever said it to you, but I saw a movie some time ago now, which is which was basically how I kind of started looking into it. It was a uh, a, a uh, 
an independent movie as far as I can remember, and it was called Crossroads, and it had the uh, lady who was the native female lead for the movie Thunderheart, and she was playing the part of a, a native lawyer, and she had two younger sisters, one of which went missing. And then, you know, as it unfolded within the text of the, the movie, it came to be at the end, you know, they said, yes, this particular case was a fiction, but the facts remain that there are very, that this is a growing number of Native women who have done just, have been part of these exact kinds of scenarios. And so I started looking at that. Well, it's good that you're looking at it, and it's good that you keep keep it in the forefront, and your words are hopefully being heard by more to where they're not forgotten. I pray not, because, I mean, they're, like I say, there's a lot of them, them. You know, as I've said in other pieces, you know, either they've already gone missing or they're, they're slipping into that place of shadow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. No. Yeah. This next piece is uh, I haven't got it titled yet, but it's I like it because it goes in uh, another to another space, uh, thinking of other things. Um, and it's basically to do with different languages, and in this case, mostly with native languages. It is only in English that the word for trees falls flat like an inanimate, something to be killed, burnt out, torn out by the roots. In Lakota, their name is Wagachowagi, for the cottonwood rustling tree. It means cha, those who stand praying. In Spanish, it is arboles. In the language of my people, it is Shon. In Cheyenne, it is Ho Seto. In Northern Arapaho, it is Hu Hut. In Diné, it is Tsin. Tree, bones. The meaning of bones and trees, jongon, tree roots, the memory of good earth without stain, without constant forms of death poured within them. Trees, dreams, haunts, only in the English language do they fall flat. No thought, no consideration. Medicine comes from trees. No additives necessary, no byproducts of 15 kinds of poisonous attributes to be counted. They exhale and we breathe. They spread their arms to catch the rain. The fever and the joints of the that fall forth from first maker, Cha, Uhut, Sin, Jong. Trees, only in the English language does that word fall flat. 
a living entity, the meaning, it is the meaning of life. And we are the ghost road born walking our way home, spirit prayers ever upon our lips for all our relations. I absolutely love that piece. I, the trees are very, it's a very spiritual thing for me. I, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not a tree hugger. You know, it's not like that. It's just, I, I guess it's a relationship between the wind and the trees because that's when the trees and I, I really connect with my environment is, is through the element of the wind. Um, so when I'm even from when I was a very young age and I would take off from the house and go into the forest below my house and I would sit there and I spent a lot of time there writing when I was a kid and just exploring and discovering and and um I remember when the wind would blow and I would sit real still I could tell I could close my eyes and turn very slowly in a circle and tell you what tree was making what sound. Every single tree made a different sound in the wind, the way the leaves moved, the way the, they flapped, the way the arms swayed, whatever it was, and they would dance. And I remember driving over the coast one time, and there was a great big giant mountain, and it was clear-cut. And I got out, and yeah. I mean, it, it, it was like it sucked the breath out of me. It was so overwhelming, and I just stopped, and I got out, and I just stared at it. And there, there amongst all the bramble and cut-down trees was this little tiny seedling. And then there was another, and there was another. And they had reseeded uh, it. So they chopped it all down, but they were growing it back. But they were all in a line, yeah. all in a row. And what they don't tell you is, yes, we clear-cut this, and we are going to you know, reseed it, but it's, they're reseeding it for farming. So they're going to cut it again right. in 20 years. And these are fast-growing trees. The wood isn't as hard. They're genetically right. altered, you know, to be fast-growing, like a fast-producing milk cow. Mm. And I remember being so sad because that tree would never grow up to be a grandma spruce. It would never know what it was like to sway and dance in the wind. And I wasn't going to be the one to tell that tree that. So I sat down and started telling them stories. I started telling each of the, the, sto- the trees stories about their dance in the wind so they could imagine it and they could feel it and they could, you know. And so when you re- that, that's my connection. That's, I mean, it, it, it sounds stupid, I know, and that's weird, but, you know, there's yeah. something I connect with. And so you're reading your yeah. poem, and, I'm, and, and there's a lot of that that really struck that chord in me, like the line... This is a brilliant, genius freaking line, by the way. Okay? <laughs> because we as... Now, I'll tell you why. And I want you to think about it when I read this line back to you guys. We as poets, our ultimate goal, I think, is to, as I have said a million times, we try to provoke an emotional response out of the reader. If we're standing back and somebody hands us $20, if we're standing there, someone walks up and sees our chapbook, and they hand us 20 bucks for our chapbook and walk away. That's pretty cool, right? You know, no lying. That's pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're standing there and you see someone pick up one of your books off the shelf and start reading through it and then start weeping, 
and sit down and hold the book and, and watch them read it and actually see tears rolling down their face. That's worth a million times. We would trade that a million times and, again, those $20 book sales to see that happen. We, I think that is our ultimate goal as writers is to connect, to provoke that emotional response out of reader to know we nailed it, right? Yeah. So we're trying as writers to create this 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 perfect image, this perfect emotion for them. But this line that you write, instead of all of the words pushing into one emotion, this is one line that pushes outward and hits all the emotions. It is so freaking complex on so many levels that when you hear it, all of a sudden you're realizing all the different ways that line can be taken. So instead of it imploding and pulling you in, it's exploding and making your brain break. Okay? Yeah. And for me, that line in this piece was, they ex- exhale and we breathe. Yeah. They, talking about trees, they exhale and we breathe. You know, there's the, the typical scientific, oh, you know, they, they do carve, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? I've totally had a brain mm-hmm. brain freeze. Um, you know, there, there's the whole, you know, oxygen, creating oxygen. You know, they create oxygen, oxygen therefore we breathe, we exist. It can talk about giving, you know, it, it can be giving birth. It can be, you know, there's so many, not only the, the, the flat definition of it, but all the other pictures it paints. That was an incredible line. Okay, I'm done. Now, guess what, Nyla? What? Mm-hmm. I've got a homework assignment for you. What? <laughs> I'm going to give you a line. After hearing you talk about trees and the descriptiveness and all the beauty of it, I've got a line for you. Uh-oh. In every stump, a headstone. Okay, I wrote it down. Just so that you know, in all fairness, I have never once ever done homework someone's given me. You're supposed to do as I say, not as I do. So I wrote that down, and I have every good intention. And maybe this will be the first one. Who knows? (laughs) Well, the, the thing that triggered me thinking of that line is when you sat there and you talked about that clear cut mountain. And mm-hmm. all of the stumps in a row. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of is a cemetery. Oh, it really looks like one. It really is. You know, and I live in the Pacific Northwest. So, yeah. and one of the things, I mean, I loved Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, the prairie, the being able to see thunderheads roll on the horizon. For me, that's where my toes sink in. That's where my toes grow roots is on the prairie. You know, like when I used to, I, I used to be uh, break BLM Mustangs, my very first Mustang I ever had. Wild Mustang I broke. His, uh, his name was Malachi, which is a whole other story. Um, never had a bit in his mouth. Never had a saddle on his back. And I used to ride him on the prairie all the time. He was amazing. Really weird story. How that all that happened. Anyway, so when I'm in Oregon, I feel so cloistered. You know, I can't see the horizon. You can't see five feet in, in front of you. It is so, it, I mean, it's a rainforest, so it's so dense. The trees are so big. They're huge. Yeah. Right? 
And and so to be in an environment where you are so cloistered inside moss to all of a sudden be able to see two mountain ranges over and there's nothing be able to see that far it's a, it's an a, a, a shock it's it's crazy it's weird and and it is it's it's like a war zone it's death there i'll yeah, just play that. back the show and i'll write down everything i just said and there's my assignment there you go <laughs> <laughs> and that, but you got to have the dancing trees and listening to the leaves in it you got to have that yeah yeah. I actually, I, I had that when I was talking about that. That's a piece I've already written. So what if I try oh. to find it and read it for you next week? That'll be great. Yeah. And actually, it wasn't a poem I wrote. A lot of the things that I write, someone will ask me a question, and I'll sit down and start writing the answer, and it ends up being a piece of prose or a, or a poem, and it's like, wow, okay. But if I sit down to write something intentionally, it's a completely different type of writing. But that, that whole talking about the trees uh, was in response to something that my sister said one time, and that was part of my reply to her. I'll, I'll find see if I can find it and read it for you next week. That'd be great. Yeah. All right, Soldier Blue, you need to tell everyone how to find John. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you can find me at uh, Rafe Wild, uh, and in parentheses, that's Soldier Blue, and at Facebook, and that's me. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Hannah, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, indeed. Outstanding pieces tonight. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate that. Thanks. And as always, Miss Nyla, I'm much appreciated for the platform to be able to say something. Well, we appreciate you, hon. Okay. Always. So, Stan, you still good to hang out for a little bit? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I lots of the board so I can't unmute anybody at the moment so I'm going to play a track real quick and try to get this back up if you're okay just hanging out with me then we'll just keep going all right I'm fine with that okay so as I'm trying to get my board up and running again so I can unmute your calls (laughs) we are going to play Sarah Kay and this is the type here you go If you grow up the type of woman men want to look at, you can let them look at you. Do not mistake eyes for hands or windows or mirrors. Let them see what a woman looks like. They may not have ever seen one before. If you grow up the type of woman men want to touch, You can let them touch you. Sometimes it is not you they are reaching for. Sometimes it is a bottle, a door, a sandwich, a Pulitzer, another woman. But their hands found you first. Do not mistake yourself for a guardian or a muse or a promise or a victim or a snack. You are a woman. Skin and bones, veins and nerves, hair and sweat. You are not made of metaphors, not apologies, not excuses. If you grow up the type of woman men want to hold, 
you can let them hold you. All day, they practice keeping their bodies upright. Even after all this evolving, it still feels unnatural, still strains the muscles, holds firm the arms and spine. Only some men will want to learn what it feels like to curl themselves into a question mark around you. Admit they do not have the answers they thought they would by now. Some men will want to hold you like the answer. You are not the answer. You are not the problem. You are not the poem or the punchline, or the riddle, or the joke, woman. If you grow up the type men want to love, you can let them love you. Being loved is not the same thing as loving. When you fall in love, it is discovering the ocean after years of puddle jumping. It is realizing that you have hands. It is reaching for the tightrope when the crowds have all gone home. Do not spend time wondering if you are the type of woman men will hurt. If he leaves you with a car alarm heart, you may learn to sing along. It is hard to stop loving the ocean even after it has left you gasping, salty. So forgive yourself for the decisions you have made, the ones you still call mistakes when you tuck them in at night and know this. Know you are the type of woman who is searching for a place to call yours. Let the statues crumble. You have always been the place. You are a woman who can build it yourself You were born to build. I absolutely love that piece. I have always loved that piece from her. really relate to that very strongly. All right, so we are going to try to get our next caller on now. You ready, Stan? I'm ready. All right. Area code 202. Can you hear us? Uh, yes. 202? There we go. This sounds Katie. Cannot hear you real well, sweetheart. Tina Storm and King Cadence. Hey, guys. You're kind of cutting out a little bit, but I got you. You're here. No, I don't know why we were cutting out. But, uh, it's how's everybody tonight? Well, we're doing great. It's great to hear you guys. Mm-hmm. We're glad to be here. All right, so what have you guys been working on? What's new? Um, we have a piece tonight called We Are Us. Um, uh, are you going to start off on this, Jane, or do you want to do it the other way around? Or? Uh, 
the other way around. Uh, okay. All right. Well, here we go. It's called We Are Us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We Are Us. Love hold me. Hours in my world seems enchanted. Colors altered and embrace the sulfur. My heart for once is not in jeopardy. Banners yet waving for a love that was worth praising. Examples and goals set inspiring. Others who agreed to stop trying. Hundreds who rose side eyed us on like-minded and now alongside us. We are not a power couple, but we empower each other. Because that's what true love does. About right now, baby's got a smile like, man, I love us. Communication minus the idle chatter because shown reactions reconfirm what's been happening. It's that simple. Baby, I just love you. With the conviction that God himself has granted permission with no wishes and no worries before God, we go to prayer with it. And those those not-so-innocent kisses, that provide warmth from an amazing dis- distance, it is written that my love you can trust, and you must believe that we are us. Yes, indeed, we are us. And I finally have a man that I can trust. See, this isn't just idle chatter from him. He deeply loves me, and that love is equated to the fact that I feel safe for the very first time in my adult life. Safety is amazing, and for the first time in my life, I can honestly say that it's reciprocated. I'm pleasantly surprised several times by this love of mine who is one of a kind, and for the first time, he's completely mine. I'm talking devoted loyalty. He's given me every ex of mine never was able to give to me in reality, and I'm thankful, grateful, and totally ready. He's been a good boyfriend since we started dating, and once we got engaged, I noticed something. This is just the perfect timing and the process that we have been taking very slowly because I'm never again going to be divorced. He's never been married, and I'm the good thing he was waiting for. So we're taking our time. Haven't even set a date yet. I know the people are waiting, but what they start to realize is we're going to get it right. This is going to be lasting. One of us going to have to die first. It's not just for show. This isn't a circus, and you don't have to buy a ticket to going to be the reality that's going to end in a destination that's our destiny. We're not doing this because it's spectacular for you to watch. No, absolutely, positively, no. We're doing this because our hearts are set fire and we glow. What you've got to realize is this may be spectacular to watch from the sidelines, but this is everything that we put our hearts in. And the reason why in the morning, if I could, I'd sing. He is the man that I trust. Everything that I wanted and more. I'm the reason that he wants to live. And there were times that he didn't before. What you've got to realize is we can put each other in so much more. We have our futures in store. This is the reality that we never thought would be. And the result is, we are us. He's King's Cadence and I'm Gina Stone. Together we, ladies and gentlemen, are Storm's Cadence. That, this evening, is our peace. Wow. I've got to tell you. 
I love it when you two team up. I've heard you as individual artists, and you're great. But as Storm Cadence, as a duet, you guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, what I love about um, Keith Cadence is he writes these phenomenal pieces that makes it so easy for me to face out to because this is how we feel about each other. It, it's just poetry for y'all. Yeah, but you you can hear you guys doing what you're doing, and you know you're feeling it. Oh, do you mean you guys are an yeah. item? Oh, yeah, we're getting married. I'm, jo- yeah, I'm joking. I'm so joking. <laughs> 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 I'm just being a smart-ass. Right, right. Oh, I used to like, Nyla, really. It is. It is hilarious when people figure it out. Like, people are like, I'm waiting. You're a real couple? Yeah. <laughs> That's not just poetry. <laughs> the only oh, thing I hear come out of Nyla's mouth after that was psych. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, what? Quick question. Real quick question. We still have time to do two? Because... I don't know if your um your lines have gotten longer or not, so you're okay for two. Yes. Okay, go, go, go. All right. I love to do two. Okay. We'll do um do the baby <laughs> switch from that. Oh, okay, good. Cool. Right. Look, look, baby, this is the way we're set up. I don't care what he says we're doing next, I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. All right. All right. Baby switch. Ahem. My mind is telling me no. But that uh, timeline of R. Kelly bumping grind is not the one that occupies my mind. I'm talking that timeline that got our workers like in the street walkers outside. Oh, if you ever doubted that pimp hand, imagine Trump explaining his work plans. Work first, get paid. Well, that's after master get his way. I mean, he's snatching paychecks and benefits while his money's secure. He out here kicking it. People who never struggled before are listening and they voted them in, and now they're seeing the differences. Say, hey, buddy, how's America great yet? Are you sharing our embodiment of Trump hate yet? No, it's cool. My people know struggle, but I figured we were moving to points positive and playing money games while people live so you don't even understand what the problem is. Well, we like four episodes into some shit that everybody already knows. Hanging on every syllable, still missing the side talk and cards. And Twisted Dillivers dealing you, so what now? I mean, after they shut up about R. Kelly, is it too late to get back around to what Trump's doing now? Well, if they get the riot and for rations, would you prepare? Would you be prepared for what happens? Go ahead and worry about muting R. Kelly. Well, he ain't saying shit. We need to mute this president and everybody involved in this obvious bait and switch. That's funny. <laughs> I was sure that I could pick the card that he had put the ball on the assuredly because I've been watching it all along and I had seen some of the guys do it before and then he found it every time and they did this and I could do it too. It was beautiful. Okay. Yeah. 
They can't hear you, baby. You're starting to cut out, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. You know what, I'm going to tell you what happened. I think that on speaker, I'm I'm too loud and I'm screaming, and then when I take it off, y'all can't hear me at all, so I'll have to find a happy medium in between. We can hear you perfectly right now. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to leave it just like this. As long as I know, I'm going to leave it right here. Okay, so I'm going to start over. I, I don't even know where I was going with it, but oh, oh, oh. Fade and switch. Fade and switch. I remember this when I was a child, and I was in the shot long ago. There were these guys, and they were playing this game. I thought it was for show. But then I saw that people were winning these $20. So I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm lucky sometimes. Let me see how it goes. I gave him my $20. I had seen the guy before me win a hundred. I'm thinking I can get that $100 just as easily. I get a lucky streak every now and then. Let's go. I never did. I walked away. Well, not even the $20 I started with. So I can understand right now how all the people in America who work for the government are feeling bamboozled. You know, like Plymouth Rock and fell on their heads, too. I get it. So when I go to the airport and I'm going to fly to D.C. to see my love, TSA to barely pat me down and they're barely looking in my luggage, I understand and get it. Because they're working for the government and not getting their paychecks. They actually don't give a fuck, and I'm with them on that. I'm just hoping that there's nobody on my flight that brings something they shouldn't have that day or night. Because you have a grievance. Well, Donald, not me. Please don't bring nothing that you would use to harm anyone. Sitting in my robe, my hour on my flight and the seat near me. I understand that you want your paycheck wholeheartedly. I thank God every day that I'm retired and I'm not waiting for some kind of subsidy that they would owe me and the children that I care for day in and day out, week after week. They used to be the same thing. I'm the third host and you don't get your paycheck. And how that goes. Rules, sorrows, and woes. So he's playing fast and loose right now with people who need their money. It's Dr. Goose. I get you. I feel your pain, too. And the distraction with that R. Kelly mess. Oh, God. That's sickening, too. So you have to understand that I have a backstory with Robert Kelly, and we don't have time for that tonight. That'd be a whole nother piece and a whole nother fight. He's actually a bona fide pedophile, and the whole nation knows that. He's getting away with it because, you know, he's the pie pop of R&B. And just because I live outside of Chicago don't mean nothing to me because if he were in my family, he'd take care of him the old-fashioned way, take him down south, and he wouldn't come back no another day. I. I'm a Southerndale, born in the north part of the country. Please believe that would have to be handled. He wouldn't be getting away with it in that scandal. I don't know about that man that's living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but the same thing is happening to this country. We're getting bent over. No lube. We're being handled. He's King's Kings. I'm Gina Storm. We are Storm's Kings, ladies and gentlemen. Been here with some bamboozled. That's our piece. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, yeah, when he said baby switch, when he said baby switch, I knew where I was going with it because between the lifetime putting on a docudrama about an R and B singer who likes children ill and, and the president shutting down the government <laughs> over a fence. 
I thought it was a oh. nice combination, too. <laughs> him saying anything about kids after he had that this detention center set up, oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. And children in cages, in kennels, like like that puppy. Exactly. Children, children in cages, children in cages, Jesus. I was That's just right. like, mm, my heart, my heart. Now, now he's talking about setting up little camps, little tents along the fence. Jesus. So we can we can check them out, you know, if they're American, undocumented, and whatnot. I remember another dictator who came and took had a little camp that he set up before people were, I don't know, something bad happened to them too. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I got a little Jews in my family that that's the least of bad taste in their mouth. Hey, you know what? The last time, any time that detention centers hmm. were this much a part detention of our country, centers. It, detention camp. centers. Yeah. Well, they called them detention centers in the day, or detention camps, if you will. Segregating people. But it was what it was was it was for one particular segment of our society. Yeah. Now, the most the most decorated military battalion in World War II was a battalion of Japanese Americans who fought in Germany. They put it all out there. They came home to find their families and friends had lost their job, their freedom, their dignity, and had been put in detention camps. Oh, we would never do something like that. We have not learned. You understand what I'm saying, right? Well, I tell you, the only thing that you can do at this point is just keep talking about it and, you know, just something has to give, and I hope that not a lot of people have to, a lot of more people have to die or suffer for the, for that to happen. But something has to give. So. Yeah, well, it's like I said, you know, 2020 is supposed to mean you got good, clear vision. Let's hope when 2020 comes, this country finally has good, clear vision. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, real quick, while we can. Because if we're quiet, then we'll get away with it. Got to call him. Got to call him on all of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Our silence will allow to do it. Well, guys, thank you so thank much. You, that was great. Thank you so much, Dan. We enjoyed uh, the opportunity to come through tonight and share. It's been a wonderful show. Um, thank you always, so much, you guys. <laughs> Always you can find us at uh, Storm's Cadence <laughs> Anywhere Or the Cadence Stone Poetry Show Featuring Desire um, That's also a group that we have um, The Cadence is always Spelled incorrectly with the K um, So what And <laughs> Thanks for having us We can't wait to get back Get over your grammatic self Right Get with the me Cadence with the K there you go. Our show airs next Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on OME. There we go. We're awesome. going to come back and enjoy the rest of the show, guys. Our Thank pleasure you having you on here. Thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you next week, right? Absolutely. Thank you again. <laughs> You're welcome, hon. <laughs> All right. 
our next caller. Are you still good to hang out, Stan? Oh, yeah. Those guys are fun. They are. They're always fun. Okay. We Did we do 202? I got to check with 202. 202, have you been on? 202, are you with me? Um, if it's still me, then we're just here. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mark that one. I just wanted to tell you guys you did great again. <laughs> All right. All right, Stan, you're still here, right? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and grab. I'm going to get to the next three callers so you kind of know where you are. We have, after I flip this over so I can write it down just in case one of you drop, you don't lose your place. We're going to have 833, followed by 718, and then after that we have 585. Nine five one. So those, and then it looks like a Skype caller down there. All right. So that's kind of what we've got right now. Let's go ahead and grab area code eight three three eight three three. You're on the air. Eight three three. Are you with me? Let's try that again. Ah. Uh, eight three three. Yes. Now, now I'm here. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, Nyla, how are you? Stan the man. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> this is Van Meadows, a.k.a. Poetic. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing Absolutely great now. wonderful. Good, good. Well, the first piece I got is called uh, Stormy Love Destruction. Ooh. The event known as the Disruptor of Hearts blew into my life like a natural disaster from the start. I mean, she whirlwinded my emotions, transformed my feelings like a hurricane over many oceans. This tornado of love drove icicles into me and I wore gloves, so my fingers would not get frostbite as I touched her. A blizzard consumed my pattern of life with her. Controlled frenzy can only describe the miles per hour this storm was passing. Passing hail through my ventricles, it was massive. The level of destruction her tornado did was enough to ruin cities, and my neighborhood was the stop on her path. Pouring out her wrath, I mean the purple rain move in and out. This torrential downpour left no doubt that her hurricane was ready to manifest. A lifetime of pain and unrest. A kiss on her lips as the tsunami left devastation all around me. The raging lightning and thunder called her a goddess then left me to wonder. Of all the options and choices, she had to unleash her forces. No way this Category 4 ice storm would allow a life of norm. Now I'm left to rebuild from this ice freeze. But at the end of the storm, the rainbow shows me I can breathe in peace. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Love those metaphors. Love them. Thank you. Oh, I absolutely love nice the way day. you uh, the way you were able to bring. You had some really good rhyme. What I call non-predictable rhyming in there. You had some. The, it was very lyrical the way that you wrote it. The, um, you know, it's like when and, and it's so hard. And I pick on life. So if you've done this, I am not picking on you, but I use the word life because it's a really hard word to rhyme. 
Right. Um, but, you know, usually if someone is writing a rhyming poem and or they're wanting that lyrical quality, so they're going to do some sort of a, uh, a rhyming pattern within the piece, if they come to the word life, it almost always, almost always gets um, paired with, can either of you guess? Strife. Exactly. Why? Why? You know, so every time I hear someone and life comes up, I, I almost will guarantee you the next line will end in strife. And so I think that one of the things that we should strive at as writers is to do non-predictable rhymes, even if we use an internal. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't, yeah, the word life and the word ice does not rhyme. But if you do life, ice, the, the stress syllable on the eye, the sound rhyme, you can make those two words rhyme the way you deliver them. Songwriting is notorious for doing this. So, oh, yes. But you, were, you had some really surprising rhymes in there, and I absolutely loved it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Go ahead, Stan, your turn. <laughs> well, like I was saying, this this did not seem to be a very nice lady <laughs> at all. Uh, but at that's all. how it is. It, you, you have those feelings, and it's not always for the right person. It's this just not, true. you know, very, it's just very not. True. You're, you're all in, and they're not there. <laughs> it, Absolutely. That, that is the strife of life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It is an go cliche. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Hey, and I like that piece. That was excellent. That really Thank was. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, am I good to do another one for you guys? Please. Oh, please. All right. Um, this piece is called No Longer Blinded. When I close my eyes, I begin to fantasize about a moment in time where the imagery was fine and our canvas of pure pulchritude was met with brand new metaphors to include a radiance of ambiance so pure, pure enough that the streets had no cure, all the golden honey of an existence, of a love so magnificent that the control of emotions lost the bonding agent enclosed to seduction. The visionary spoke to me. The missionary paved a way for me to search out more intense heat, so intense that the molten lava cooled at her feet. In my celestial state of being, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, a return to genuine compassion when she would express love's ultimate session. I was in a natural high. I mean, she was my blunt, my alcohol, white or brown liquor, I can't front. Her mesmerizing eyes, hips and thighs, I couldn't see before with my open eyes. But here they are shutting in the dark. In the darkness, I'm transformed like a child in the park. Nature's beast, primal feast. I swore I could see anything, but it wasn't until I closed my eyes and saw everything in peace. Wow. 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 Go ahead. Again, it's, that's us seeing what we want to see. And like you said, you when you closed your eyes, you saw everything. Yes, sir. Wow. Oh, man, I'm telling you, you, you have a wonderful way of coming into a subject from such a 
a different observation, a, a different point of view, you know. A lot of your pieces are like that. You don't have just a, a single kind of vision, you know. Yours comes in from many different angles. I love it. I love listening to everything you do because your metaphors are wonderful. Your rhyme is always beautifully done. And the subject, it, it's Hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> what can I say? Oh, I'm a man. fan. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. I'm a fan of yours, too. I'm a fan of yours, too. This is like a one of those male bonding moments that it's just best for me to sit here and be quiet because if you knew I was here, you'd probably have to kill me or something, right? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be scratching and spitting or something. I mean, seriously, guys. Oh, my goodness. Thank <laughs> Fantastic job. Baby, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come give you some love. Absolutely. You can reach out to me on Facebook, Van Meadows. Um, you can find me tomorrow night on my show on Epiphany Radio. Let's talk about it, where we do date night differently. Um, Sunday nights on The Inspiration Factory uh, with Paul Sampson. Saturday nights with uh, Poetry Madness on Epiphany. Monday nights on The Get Down on Epiphany. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Reach out to me. Yep. Absolutely perfect. So I didn't get to ask you before, what are your goals for 2019? It's the beginning of the year, first month of the year. What do you have? What do we have to look forward to? Well, my uh, main goal is to continue being uh, a wonderful dad and father to my children. Um, continue showing them that no matter what, uh, I'm going to love them unconditionally, regardless of what they do, what they don't do. Um, and I'm going to support them and always continually show them the way. Um, secondly, is work on my nonprofit organization to get that out into the forefront so that I can begin uh, being a changing agent um, in the face of adversity with these young people um, bringing arts back into the public school system so that they can have a voice and be heard, uh, all art platforms. So I'm excited about that. Amen. Oh, my God, with that idea. Art makes us grow up to be independent thinkers. Art does not teach us to be blue-collar workers. That's right. That is correct. Don't mess with that scary creative individualism of artistic creativity. What are you thinking? All you need to know is push button A, pull lever B. (laughs) Oh, well, no, now, you know, I got to admit that You've got a point there, but then again, there is the great hope of the world Absolutely. that Picasso never wore jackboots. That's right. You know, Rembrandt <laughs> did not wear jackboots or wear a uniform and sing certain songs, you know? So, yeah, Absolutely. let's give the kids free will. I'm for that. That's right. That's right. No, that doesn't fit their plan. You guys just aren't getting on with the program. No, I'm not being programmed. <laughs> never, never. I don't like the status quo. No. <laughs> I love that piece because that's ex- exactly, exactly the the fight it puts in, in you. That was awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the platform. I enjoyed being here. And to all the poets that came before me, I'm a fan of all of them. Um, heard all of them before 
And the one guy that was talking about the ghost. Oh, man. Oh, man. He was phenomenal. So that was my first time. Something else. Yeah, yeah, that was my first time hearing him. And I loved it. And the, the language is, man, that was, that was phenomenal. He is, yeah. So I'm hoping he's still around and can hear heard that because that would mean a lot to him. Um, so thank you for that. And I know there's people thinking the same thing about you, so thank you for making time to be here. Please, as often as you can. Absolutely. Every chance I can, I'll be here. All wow. right, hon. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you. you. Wow. All right, our next caller, Stan, comes from area yeah. code 718. 718, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla and Stan. This is Jim Hart. How are you? Jim, hi. How are you doing? Absolutely wonderful. It's so good to hear from you. Oh, thank you. And Happy New Year to both of you. And to you, sir. Um, My first poem is called Deserting a Sinking Ship. She has contemplated suicide... Many times, she says. Once, I think, is too often, and tell her so. She laughs, pulling the sleeve of her sweater down over the scars on her wrist. It was hard being your girlfriend than not being, she says. I'm sorry, I say, meaning it more from guilt than passion. Realizing, as I rise to leave that perhaps the most I can hope for is never knowing. End peace. Wow. Hey, you stole oh. my word. Wow. Oh, I couldn't help it. <laughs> that one hit like that one hit like a freight train right to the heart. Wow. Oh, thank you very much. Oh man, uh, that, that between is, the eyes. Uh, that's extremely an extremely disturbing concept of a position to be in, to be around someone that was a part of your life and see which direction they're going and you realizing, I don't know if I could stop this. I don't think I can. And like you said, the best you could hope for is not knowing. Yeah. Oh, man. Whew. Okay, you give me chills now. <laughs> Do you have time for another one? Oh, okay. Please go ahead. Okay, it's called Homecoming. Soldiers draped in country's flag, as if prideful symbols hadn't already done enough, as if parents' hearts could soften to bugles blare, as if any beyond those gathered truly cared, as if any even noticed beyond the headlines to the story with your name. As if your high school girlfriend who you joined to impress ever noticed you were gone. As if the morning frost had not caught you drunk and drowsing on the job. As if you hadn't been clinging to survival at the thin edge of your murderous sardonic grin. As if you hadn't smelled your own flesh burning in the thick black air of atrocity. As if soldiers draped in country's flag, were not more sad than heroic. End peace. That one absolutely floored me. I think that is probably one of my favorite poems I've heard in a long time. 
Oh, thank you. That's a lot. It means a lot. Thank you. That is a real perspective on what the actual cost of these conflicts is. You know, I always tell people that... Go ahead, Stan. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it up to you, honey. That's okay. For all the flag-waving and rhetoric, and yes, the morning, the truth is somebody's son, daughter, father, they're no longer here. Right. And that loss cannot be replaced by any flag. Yeah, there's just no need for losses of this kind anywhere, I guess, but uh, more so as as we get further down the line and stuck in places we don't really belong, you know. True. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, I always tell people that, you know, in, in our lifetime, we're going to write a handful of great poems. I mean, great poems. And we're going to write a whole bunch of really good poems. But to get there, we are going to write a whole buttload of crap. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the the trick is being willing to to wade through all of the little things and keep writing to create the good ones and then to create the great ones. And I think that 100 years from now, when my great-grandkids are going and picking up, um, you know, the best of, your best of, you know, book off the shelf, uh, yes, they're still going to read books then, heck with Kindles and all that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When they they pick up your best of, that's going to be one of your greats. That, That would be one of your pieces that I would consider one of your greats. Well, thank you, Nana. I appreciate that. Yeah, I really yeah. like it a lot. That was that was very straight to the heart of it. That really was. Mm-hmm. Oof. Well, thank you very much, both of you. Well, thank <laughs> you, welcome. sir. All right, so do us a favor, and everyone listening, let them know how they can come over and visit with you. Okay, I am uh, on Facebook, Jim Hart. I also have a web page, jimhartpoet.com, and I have three books, uh, two poetry, one Ramblings of a One-Eyed Garbage Man, the other one is A Handful of Smoke, and a detective novel, A Tom Collins to Go, which anybody can go to Amazon and pick up if they so choose. Outstanding. All right, sweetheart. Okay. Have a good night, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome, and hopefully you'll be able to call in next week, okay? I hope so. Thank you. All right. Thank Thank you, you, sweetie. (laughs) Bye. Love. Wow. Really? All right, Mr. Stan, Mama's man. Sorry, Uh I had to throw that in there. She pays me to do that, you know. (laughs) Oh, okay. Money goes, (laughs) Stan. Uh, our next caller comes from area code five eight five five eight five. You're on the air. Okay, this is Sean. How hey, are you? Sean. Hey, Sean. Wonderful. How's, How are you, honey? Trying? I am doing uh, prolific. How are you? How are you? 
yeah. Uh, okay. The, the first, the first uh, thing I want will be just uh, a freestyle. But, but, well, um, okay. Poetry. Why should I do it? Is it just me, or is it something outside of me, externally? Is it something that I don't even know, or is it the tree? Is it the air, the oxidation that comes into me every day? Should I care? Should I write? Should I be life, or should I not? Or should I just be the knight? The knight in shining armor, or the knight that goes out and beat somebody to death with a sword or a knife. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's why I should write for the violence, for all of the silence that's around the world right now. Poetry. Is it in me? Is it in you? Is it in the world right now? Justice. Artificial or is it just superficial? Sometimes I might be Jack. Sometimes I just might be Dimble. Sometimes I'm going up that stock with Jack and the Beanstalk. And I'm just a fairy tale. I'm a poet. But people know me as something else. Sometimes because I have a little bit of anger in me. You know I could be in the shadows, I could be in the darkness, and I could be attacking each piece of every nail that is in that jail cell of the self, the prison of your own self. The poet expresses this. This is part of you right now and is part of me and part of everything virtually you see because we are all a part of poetry we are all a part of poetry as long as we are geography as long as we are what is astrally out in the ether right now is that electricity i think so connecting you hyper communicatively bringing it back down to the dna it's poetry Poetry is artistry. Fuck the status quo. We just gotta break the norms and be it. Poetry. It's me in the day. It's you in the day. It's everybody in one little speck. You can be poetry. The dust that makes you life. You can be poetry. You see? It is just straight from the mind telling you why poetry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm done now, he says. (laughs) Go ahead, Stan, I'm sorry. He had me and fuck the status quo. (laughs) You were my hero right then. Oh, that was wonderful. Um, that was wonderful. That's a great flow of thought right there. <laughs> yeah, I was just—I was in, i was inspired by the last guy. What was his name? The last one that was that was talking about all all the art, um, the art program 
and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And they uh, have one called, uh, my second one is called Balance. Um, where can we attain the balance? Is it in our rhythm or lack of it? Is it in our sense of individuality, or is it in our collectivity? What is better to have, extremity or nothing? They say that the truth is extreme, and to make it moderate is to lie. It is what is told to be, but what about the balance in between the extremes? You certainly need to manage the middle. You know what I mean? As well, in between the extreme, which is seen as the ultimate goal of attaining the peace within, and I am not going to tell you to give up on any of your beliefs, religious forms of spirituality, etc., as that would be wrong of me, but just gain peace for yourself gain balance for yourself and see to how that is in the outside world and also what lies in the inside of your world and and it's in you it seems though all of it really is not sometimes because it's just a barrage of what you could be right now because that to be the spirit, the spirit is who you are, and that is what is empowering your balance. So you tell me, I'm just trying to find a balance, to build a balance between it all, amongst all of the tumultuous traumas, dramas, crimes, murders, deforestation, and all of the chaos of the world today. I've been told to believe that I'm supposed to be some god or something, but I don't agree with that at all sometimes. It's too arrogant to think so. I'd rather be humble and know where I'm ignorant. The possibilities are always there and always will be, yet they're only open when we are open to our own sense of balance. And to foam. I agree. I agree with that. Yes, absolutely. It it is arrogant to think that we have the answers when there are still so many questions. Very nicely written, sir. Thanks. You know, I've been, I've known you for years and years and years, and I get a comment and and talk to you and you know, all this stuff on, on your pieces and things, and it's really nice to uh, for me to be able to just sit back and hear someone else talk about your writing and hear what they say about it and and hear the compliments that you get, and just pretty awesome, hon. Thank you. You're, You're very welcome. You guys are great as well. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Have, have a right. great night. 
Tell everyone how to find you, hon. Yep, I'm on uh, Facebook, Sean Weevil. Um, I'm also on uh, scribd.com slash skl2012 um, and the purity of the flow dot wordpress dot com and that's it very cool alright and we will talk to you next weekend yep very good thank you sweetheart have a good thank night alright our next caller comes from area code 951. 951, are you with us? This is Eric Devon. How are you? Hey, Eric. How are you doing, sweetheart? Hey. Not bad, not bad. Um, I have a bit of a strange request popping um, So I've got the baby with me. Um, her mom is going to pick her up at 730. Would you mind, because I know as soon as I... Get on the phone and start trying to do poetry. She's going to be in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I was going to ask, would you mind bringing me on, um, like, right after 730? All right, sweetheart. Why don't you press one on your phone and then press one about 15 15 minutes. About 15 (laughs) minutes. Press one and it'll put you back in the lineup. Let me circle this so I know. Hang on a minute. Let me... Nine five one. But how many minutes do you want me to bring you on? Um, another say twelve minutes. All right. Like right after seven thirty, right. it's good. Okay. All right, sweetheart. Realizing you guys are not on, you guys are not on West Coast time, huh? I am. Okay, so you are. Okay. So yeah, okay, another um twelve minutes. So I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, no problem. All right, our next caller is a Skype caller, so we actually have two Skype callers. So if you're calling in on Skype, say your name. Hi, this is Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Hi. Hi. Um, First of all, um, I just want to say thank you for taking my call, and I just have a a quick piece um, real quick. I I don't normally write poetry. I'm I'm more of listen. Um, but I've, I've got one that I would like to share. If that's okay. Mhm. Of course. It's um. It's, it basically has to do with the um, the condition of obviously the world and this time. Um. And just I just it feels like everyone has this hope that that someone will come and rescue them. Um. So it basically leaves them feeling like you know they really don't have to do anything. And I'm not speaking for everybody, but um, just a general general feel. Um, but if you don't mind, I would like to start. Go ahead. <clears throat> Here they stand, brothers them all. All the sons divided they fall. Here the birth from an unbroken line, the seventh, the heavenly, the chosen one. Then they watch the progress he makes, the good, the evil. Which path will he take? Both of them trying to manipulate the use of his powers before it's too late. Which path will he choose? Hmm. Is that end poem? 
Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, sometimes I don't know if someone's doing a dramatic pause or if it's the end of the poem, so when you're done reading, let me know so that you don't think we all just disappeared on you. <laughs> that was very strong, very great piece, hon. That is well done. If you done. don't mind, can I, can I share one more? I'm so sorry. I'll be off in just a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. As the sun breaks above the ground, an old man stands on the hill. As the ground warms to the first rays of light, a bird's song shatters the still. His eyes are glazed. See the madman in his gaze. Fly on your way like an eagle. Fly as high, touch the sun. Fuck my pussy, suck my dick, lick my balls and eat my shit. Smell my schmegma. Gotta love it. All right, so... (laughs) There you go. Uh, yeah, that, so our that, next caller, Stan, is going to come from... Was 585... Who is 585? I see 75... Okay, I think we skipped. Let me double-check and see if we've had 585 on. 585, are you with us? Have you already no, read 585? Y- yes, Oh, okay, Sean. Thanks. I got mixed up on the board. We had two calls drop at the same time. So, all right. Oh. Let's go ahead and grab seven seven three seven seven three. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is actually my first time calling in. I'm kind of liking what I'm hearing so far. So, I'm kind of nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, my name is Jamie. Um, I guess the protocol is just read your pieces, I guess. <laughs> Please. And we're going to have to because we've got, let's see, we have probably at 10 people still on hold. Um, we've only got 37 mm-hmm. minutes left, so we're going to skip or br- drop it down to one read so you can do one poem. Oh, not a problem. Okay. Not a problem. I was just only planning okay. on doing one awesome. anyway. <laughs> but, so if you guys had two um, picked out, pick out your favorite because we're dropping down to one one poem. We've only got 34 or 37 minutes left. Okay, go ahead, sweetheart. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I actually just wrote this about a week ago. I call it Beauty and the Ink, you know, like Beauty and the Beast, except my mm-hmm. beast is my pen. <laughs> I tried to hide you from the world because I knew they wouldn't understand the way I could get you to make them feel all at my command. But they don't know that it's you that's pulling the strings. It's you that gets me to react. You're the only one who knows I'm so afraid to move forward, but even more afraid to move back. But I communicate through you as you convey it to the pages in hopes that someday these words will see the big screen and stages. It's engaging when you taunt me because it gets me the right and that's why I fight. You're the only one who gets me so I need these conversations. Other people don't seem to understand the proper word combination as they repeatedly fail at trying to invade my nation. 
I'm just trying to get these words out of my brain. They're attached to feelings that's so hard to contain, and it drives me insane, and that's so bane, and that's B-A-N-E. But I need it to L-I-V-E because it's C-O-M-P leads me, yet it defeats me because nobody sees the war going on inside my head. Nobody hears the silent screams and the arguments when I'm alone in my bed, but you're the only one I let in on these conversations with myself from my insecurities, aspirations, disappointments, and health. You move with stealth. You're the first one to respond. See, you swoop down to cradle and then you latch on, but nobody knows you exist until you violently take over my wrist, enraging my heart, dictating to my brain, increasing my pulse to help maintain, and you burn right through my energy, and I let you, and we just call it synergy, but I can't complain, because technically I've been dating my pen, and we're so dependent on each other that we decided to, let's go ahead and get engaged then. We're registered at Crate and Barrel, because that's what I carry in these crates, and I've shaped this barrel that'll aim, cock, and fire away at anyone or anything that threatens to take me away. See, my pen is envious, calculating, and it's insecure. It's omnipresent, so it beats me to the door, and I can't figure a way out, and I can't take it anymore, but I'm trapped, and I can't leave, and this often fills me with rage, knowing my pen is the only one to release me from this cage. So I engage, and I set the stage, anticipating turning a better page. But it writes what's right, both day and night, forcing me to see the light with no hype, and that's what I like, but I'm starting to feel some type of way, and that feeling is growing by the day, And but I've got people trying to convince me to leave with proof and points on why I shouldn't continue to believe or conceive, but Together we're magic, and there's no other way I'd rather have it. See, my pen has been there by presence and definition, front and center of all my exhibitions. So how dare I try to hide or downplay the survival skills, equilibrium, and the words it's taught me to display. So you may not understand this, but I'm going to stay and Fuck what y'all think. It's always been this beauty in her ink. It's reliable, supportive, and unbiased, and it's dangerous on the rampage. So don't try us, because I'll defend us to the death and curse any naysayers with my last breath, and I'll crush your windpipes with my last step, and that's why I said yes. See, I know it has my back, and it doesn't operate off feelings, just facts, and I love that. It's only tangible to me, and it trusts me to be the face of this campaign. See, we're our our own team, and we speak our own language, so what's understood doesn't need to be explained. That's the energy. Holy moly. That was phenomenal. Go ahead, Stan. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. For someone who just did this for the first time, that was excellent. And your ink is excellent as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been pretty much writing my whole life, but I've only just recently started, like, publicly sharing it or going to, like, open mics and what have you. So, yeah, and I've been getting, like, pretty good feedback. And, you know, I've got a couple people that say they really admire my pen. I'll be like, thanks. Well, I'm real excited about the path you're on, where it's going to take you, and, 
you know, I look back on everything that has happened since I started. When, you know, it's it's different being a page poet and then becoming a performance artist, a spoken word artist. Yeah. Um, it changes it's, you. We're, yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of introverted, so that's a struggle in itself. <laughs> yes. But, well, you you're going to do great. Go ahead, Let me say this. Like, like Nana started us off uh, this year on the last show talking about what are your goals. Mm-hmm. I'm on a lot of different spoken word venues. I'm even a, a, a host with another poet on one venue. But you've already crossed a barrier that I've yet to. You have done live performances. I've never done that. Yeah. yeah, I've always wanted to, but I just never knew, like, how or where to get started. And then I was just like, duh, you can find anything on the Internet. So I just yeah, looked up, like, true. local local, local open mics in, like, my area and just, you know, push myself to go because I'm just, like, I don't really like going places by myself. But then again, I'm not, like, a crowd kind of person, you know. So just like, yeah, eh, and just like we got to start sometime. I'm just like the longer I wait, the more – like it's gonna build up the anticipation in my head, and I'm gonna just end up talking myself out of it. So I pushed myself to go, and I did it, and I was proud of myself. I'm just like, okay, I can scratch that off my list now. I did it, and you know, I met some really nice and supportive um, artists at the place as well. So I, ever since then, every time I go back, I try to meet somebody else and just network and build and just. You know, so far I've got a pretty a group of, like, really supporting people, and a lot of them are, like, accomplished spoken word artists and, and things like that. So it's like, okay, cool, I have somebody that's been down that road, so if I have a, a problem or something or something, I can run it by them, and I trust their judgment because they've been there and done that, you know. So I'm, you know, slowly well, but surely, you, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Now you can say you've been there and done that. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm still I'm still like kind of newish, but I have, I've had like a few like other newcomers come up to me and like ask me for it. I'm just like, wow, I didn't, you know, you know, I, like never having really had anybody, I never really having like a support system is, you know, you always kind of second guess if you're quote unquote good enough. So that's always been like me. Like I, I've been writing for as long as I can remember. That's always been my thing, like, that was my outlet growing up, you know, poetry, you know, poems or whatever, I've got, like, from way back, you know, still have those, so I've always been a writer, but I just never could do it, like, publicly, stage fright was just my my kryptonite, I couldn't do it. You want to know a secret, because, and a lot of people don't know this, I've worked in radio since I was 18 years old, since I was a little kid, and I kind of fell into it. I got, and this is the honest to God truth, I got, I was a single mom, walked into a radio station, found out a week after I got the job, I was all excited, but I found out I got the job because the guy liked my boobs. Yeah. I never thought I should have been mad, <laughs> but right. I took the girls to dinner because I had three boys to feed, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, maybe I should have been more appalled, but I didn't care because I, it landed me in a really nice career that I've been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, but I have a horrific fear. My need to take care of my children was stronger than my fear of speaking in front of people and or in public. But I have a horrific fear of, of speaking in public. And the same thing with radio. Every time that mic's yeah. about to go live, I, I you, the the beginning of my show, the introduction of my show has been the same for 12 years. And that's because it's a script for me. 
and if I get through that first five minutes of the show, I finally exhale and I can breathe. The yeah, same thing is true like with doing spoken word. Pick out a couple, three, maybe four pieces, but three is a good number, of poems that you really like, and pick them up and read them. Let's sit there and read them out loud to an invisible person sitting in a chair. Walk around the room, talk, make it conversational, read it over and over and over and over and over again. I recorded myself reading three of them. That's actually how I started recording poetry. I did but I recorded myself doing three of them, played the CD over and over and spoke it along to the CD. If you can get a good three signature pieces down, it works the same way. When you go to a venue to read, you read one of your signature pieces first. Once you get through something you're familiar with and comfortable with, and you get that exhale out, then you can go on and and read your new stuff because you you don't have that you don't you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't have that, yeah, that's that a, gripping yeah, that's, that's a yeah, that's a lot of the advice that I've been getting. It's just like you're really good. You, you know, you, you know, you have a lot to say. It's just like try to like get off your phone. So it's just like now that's what I've been trying to do is like memorize it. I'm just like my memory. Don't try to memorize like it. And don't sometimes. read them off your phone. Get an old-fashioned printer yeah. and print them out, please. Stand up there with your piece of paper. Those are your words. They deserve that. You know, you don't have to read off of it, but if you ever get lost, they're right there. You have them. And you can you right. can look, jot down, get your place back, and keep going. Yeah. So, fantastic tonight, hon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're wonderful. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. I am on Facebook and Instagram as Jamie Honeybee. That's only these two social media things I'm kind of applying right now. Um, I do have a book that's coming out. I'm excited about that. Finally got everything together, so I'm excited about that. It's um, poetry slash um, journals, and, you know, under, like, the Christian or spiritual faith, if you will. Um, I think it's going to be really good, and I think it'll help a lot of people. It certainly helped me. So looking forward to that, and if you want to kind of be up to date on that, those would be where I will be posting the information about release dates and Amazon links and et cetera. That is awesome. I'm very excited for you. Make sure you get that information out there. And uh, if you want, be sure to post it on to my my Facebook page. That way it's a real easy link for everyone in the network here to be able to find you too and find it. Okay. And what's your Facebook? Awesome. All right, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week? Uh, uh, Yes, I will be calling back in. I think I should do this from time to time. (laughs) Very good. Very good. All right, sweetheart. Okay, thank you. Thank you, hon. All right, you still good for hanging out with us, Stan? I'm right here. Yay. All right, so let's go ahead and grab area code. Dun, dun, dun. Is it after the 530? We're at 535. So let's go ahead and grab 951 again. 951, are you with us? Hey, Nyla, thank you for that. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, so I've got a bit of an interesting story. So my um, 
<clears throat> my daughter's mother moved out recently. Um, I took my daughter with her. So we've been talking about custody arrangements and getting pretty much nowhere. So I am, I'm anticipating this going to court. Not looking forward to that. I've been trying to avoid that um, the entire time. You know. So what do poets do? We write about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I would say work. don't. I want to get a bumper sticker that says don't piss off a poet. You could be their next poem. Yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. And I've got some people who don't like to see me coming towards the mic because they know it might be their poem. <laughs> well, uh, go ahead go ahead and uh, cut me off, jerk. Let's see what happens now. <laughs> so um, I'm driving around the warehouse, right, and writing mm-hmm. this poem. And there's a – at one point I draw a, a parallel between a judge's gavel and how it, it suddenly has too much power, almost like it becomes Thor's hammer Mjolnir. And uh. I couldn't – I didn't know how to spell Mjolnir. So I, I asked um, this guy who just happened to be in front of me, I asked him, hey, are you familiar with Thor? And he, he turned around, looked at me and says, bro, my middle name is Thor. My son's middle name is Thor. I have Thor tattooed on my shoulder. My father told me when I was a little boy that Odin was the original, uh, where they got the story of God and Jesus from. Odin and Thor were the original concept of God and Jesus. I was like, wow, how did I just happen to ask the perfect person? Turns out he didn't know how to spell uh, Thor's hammer either. (laughs) So I started to write the poem, and I was going to put him in there about, put it in, put something in there about him um, not having to worry about this hammer. Then I went to talk to him later, and it turns out he's fighting for custody for his son, too. So that kind of changed. Right? So um, so this is the poem. On Child Custody, this is the title. On Child Custody, Thor's left hand determines the finality of our ongoing circumstance. Above the carnival bark bin in the halls of family court, the clock reads half again two shattered breaths. A girl the waking bone and brittle of me, drops her head. Its measured descent auction has fallen silent. Or a hammer, small, wooden, makeshift and almighty, made Mjolnir for lesser gods. Pressed against the lacquered slick of cherry wooden mythology, a pulse weakens, and another. And somewhere... Named for the Norse god, wrapped in the shroud of his back, preserved in shoulder freckles and blue and braille blue ink. A man kisses his son, a boy called Thunder. For all of this worship, neither will be deemed worthy to lift this hammer, this the very same which I know. I too have fallen, called for Thunder, knelt before altars I could not pronounce. And that's where I chose to end that part. There you go. Yeah. There you go. This is is what poets do. We take whatever is affecting us or affecting the world and present, present it in the perspective through our own eyes. This is what we do. That was very powerful. 
Thank you. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. It you know, it it's fun when it's almost like hearing a story. It's it was very engaging. So it's like you were you kept you kept the listener holding on to every single word you said, anticipating the next one. And that's pretty pretty awesome to be able to do that. Wow. Well, I appreciate that feedback. Um I do strive to write something that's relatable and poignant and actually hold the place in the world, you know. Um, but I I wish I could do so without having to live through the pain that often prompts this type of work. You know what I mean? But, how old um, are you? About how old are you? You don't have to tell me exactly. I am 43. Do you notice there you look at the tragedies in your life differently than now than you did when you were younger, say in your teens? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always the, the, think it's weird because it's almost like poets covet. You know, it's like, yeah, this really sucked and you broke up and it hurt, but there's that dark, twisted part of us inside that's going, oh, this is great. Oh, this hurts so bad. Oh, I'm going to get a good six months worth of writing out of this one. (laughs) (laughs) You know that we do that, you guys. Yeah. Um, Oh, this is so sad. Would you get out already? I've got a great idea. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Believe it or not. I can pick up my pen. (laughs) <laughs> there was a comedian that sat there and was talking to another comedian and told him, one of the things that will help ground you is having a child. Because right there, yeah. there's an instant seven minutes. And someone asked him, seven <laughs> minutes of what? He said, seven minutes of material. Yeah, I think I heard <laughs> that. That's true. I think we do. Um, I, I think, think we do. I think we do. Funny. I think that's the most significant thing I learned um, between being younger and experiencing pain and now is at the time when I was younger, I would, I would just exist in that pain and sit in it and wallow in it, and I couldn't see forward. But after going through enough situations like that, I came to the point where I was able to remind myself, hey, you went through this before. You, you felt this way before. You thought it was never going to end and you're okay off of that pain. So this one is eventually going to end. You just got to navigate your way through it. I know, but see, even that, that, I remember one time I had something really tragic happen, and it was really tragic, right? And it knocked me me down for about a year. I remember walking into Walmart one time. I was picking up groceries or something on the way home. I walked into Walmart, and it was around Christmas time, and there was music playing and people walking around, and I started smiling and, and humming along to the Christmas song. And then I realized, right. wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm acting happy. No, it's leaving. No, I don't want to be. Wait, I wasn't done writing. Yet. God damn. Shit, right, it's I over. Ready. <laughs> like, wait a minute, this is too soon. I'm not ready to be happy again. <laughs> So no, we're not we're not really truly sad because we know we're going to be happy again. I think we just learn, learn 
as we get older, especially as, as creative souls, to appreciate the beauty and the sorrow is what it is. Uh, and uh, and, oh and understand its importance. I, okay. I absolutely agree. I don't want to read another poem. If you don't mind, I just want to say one line of this poem I wrote. First mm-hmm. line is, not it oh my goodness and if I can't find it then that's just going to be oh the wretching this day I don't think that's it okay so I don't I don't see it then that's what you're going to come back and read for us next week there you go oh it's it's maybe five lines maybe (laughs) That's your homework. So that means you can read two next week because yeah. that's your homework uh-huh. is to find that poem. Find that, find that poem. poem. I'm there with you. Go. <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually found it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's like six lines. Um, okay. How eloquent pain. How melodic a morning we're lifted. How the poem delights in sorrow, in tears, and gifted grief. I won't read the rest of it, but. Mm-hmm. But that concept is the right there. Yeah, of in, kind of in how the poem enjoys pain. How the, mo- the most beautiful, I've heard it said, the most beautiful art is born out of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway. Um, I, I know you've got people waiting to get on. I I love talking to you guys, but I don't want to take up time from the people behind me. Let's get folks on. Thank you, um, True the Poetic on Instagram, if you want to follow me or whatnot. Thank you again, folks. Thank you, True. Have a good night. Thank you, Sweet. Right. Hey, did you give everyone your uh, Facebook page again? True the Poetic. At True the Poetic. T-R-U-E, the Poetic. No spaces. All right. Awesome. All right. All right. So, our next caller, Mr. Stan, yeah. comes from area code 832832. 832, you're on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up? Yeah. Not a whole lot. What's up with you, hon? Yeah, this is uh, Chipotle Tulips. Well, hello, Tulips. Don't say that to me. <laughs> you call me Mr. Tulips. Mr. Mr. Sir, Mr. Tulips. Hey, I know y'all, y'all run out of time. Let me just do this poem and I'll get out of here, get out your hair, and take my two lips somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you're here first and someone else gets your sloppy seconds, I don't care. You naughty, you naughty, you naughty lady. Such, such That's a naughty why we lady. love her. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, brother. I hear you, brother. I hear you, brother. Okay, let me let me do my poem. Oh, 
this is uh, I'm gonna change I'm gonna change my mode. Okay, you y'all ready? We're ready. Okay. <clears throat> A poet falls, and trumpets cry. A viewpoint is lost. To the creator's eyes close inside. For just a moment, we have lost a sense of ourselves that we probably need, that we most likely need. An artist fell. Now we don't see so well. They bought a ticket. Jehovah needs rest as well. We might say it, and it's sure enough it's true. The creations created don't take the place of you. The soul of a spirit will never die. And if it's resting, fine. Then they have earned their time. Though we may cry on this side, we all going to travel. We all going to travel. We all going to travel. Those left will do the crying. Thank you. I love that you use the, the we're all going to travel. And and yes. re- that, use that line repetitively at the end, reiterated. My face does not like saying that word. Um, that we are going to travel. What's next? Yep. Yes, ma'am. So I won't waste time. This is Chipotle Tulips signing out. <laughs> yes, Mr. Banks. Thank you. <laughs> I got to Thank tell you. you thank you, sweetie. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye, hun. See you next time. All right. right. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) All right. So we have, let me kind of give the lineup. We've got 10 minutes left. We've got um, one caller left that shows that they want to come on the air. Now we have two. So 734. 765, 562, and 651201. None of you are in the lineup. We are taking 419 and then 585 for our next callers. Just want to let the rest of you know that you are not in the lineup, so press 1 if you want to come on. We'll try to get you on for the end of the show. Let's grab 419. 419, you're on the air. Hi, Nala. <laughs> hey, sweetheart. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How about you? I'm awesome. It's really good to hear from you. Glad you are able to get on. Yes, me too. Uh, okay, I'm going to uh, do a poem. I'm working on a new book. It's entitled uh, Silent Whispers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book of love poems. So I'm going to do a poem from uh, the book that I'm currently working on. It's called, awesome. it's called These Dreams. These dreams. These dreams have somehow become the schemes of the nightmares that now haunt my nights. Fright scares that are blight to memories that I thought I would always have of you and me. These dreams, they don't be the way that I thought we would always be about. They shout agonizing thoughts of painful words, herds of bullshit accusations, sensations predicated on truisms gone awry, falsehoods from do-gooders that lie, rather than admit they don't know shit about who I am, 
and ambitions and my goals. And these dreams are the souls of our past lives that cry for the truth to come from your heart and your head, led by feelings we shared and your unwillingness to recognize the disguise and the forms that nightmares take to make your fears real and still. You did not have love that we once expressed. So I get in touch with my karma, and I say, fuck it. This relationship was never anything but a dream anyway. End poem. Wow. wow. Go ahead, Boy, talk about talk about getting to the reality of the situation. Just coming Thank to you. it like, hey, fuck it. You know, this ain't going nowhere. Time to stop. Yep. That's some powerful words there. That was very good. Thank you. Thank you. Incredible. All right, baby. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, <clears throat> under Melvin Johnson or on YouTube under Melvin Johnson also. Very cool. All right. And hopefully we'll be able to talk to you next week. I hope you will be able to be here and I'm really glad you were able to get in tonight, hon. Love you dearly. Thank you. Me too. Love you back, and I'll try to make it next week. All right, hon. It'll be good to hear that one next week. Mm-hmm. That was good. It was. I, I've been a fan of his for a real long time. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Hey, Doug Curry. How you doing? Hey, Doug, and here you are. Awesome. Getting in on the fire. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I found this old poem I wrote from about 10 or so years ago. Some young poet that I met online. I, met, I don't even remember his name now, but I wrote, I was so impressed with him, I wrote this poem. It's called Stay Down. If you never write another line, your mouth spit another rhyme. You've been down since the beginning of time, so stay down, son, stay down. whole world looked into an old and crusty book whose teachings you came along and took, but only if you stay down, way down. As the world insanity rages, spoon-feed the masses of all ages with the knowledge you took from those pages by staying down. you got to stay down. I heard you, and I know it. Though young, you are a wise poet. You have and no right to blow it. You have no choice. You must stay down. Your heart will be broken and torn, your pride and patience worn, wishing you had never been born, compelled by birth to be down. Now, here's what you better do. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. For the progress that we must pursue, you were chosen to be down. So stay down and calm. You know, that's mm. really kind of bluesy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, well, that's a that's a homage. <laughs> when do people stop saying homage? You know, it's an old. You gotta say and when you say homage, right? But that's what homage. It is. That's just saying it sexy, like homage. I gotta. Oh, okay. In that case, I gotta <laughs> keep up. <laughs> but I was, you know, I was impressed with the naturalness with which this this person just seemed to approach and analyze things off the cuff. I mean, it wasn't like he sat around and said, let me be deep. You know, you just see stuff and, you know, interpret it, and this what poets do. You, you see stuff that everybody else sees, but you give it to them in, in mouth-sized pieces. 
you know, and bite, bite side. That's what this young man was doing, and uh, I appreciate him right to this day. Well, that's that was incredible. a nice tribute. Yeah, that was a nice tribute. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the work you guys do. I only got to hear about 20 minutes tonight, and I took up about three of those, but I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, so glad you're here, sweetheart. So, in the meantime, I can be found on Facebook under my name, Doug Curry, under the name of my radio show, Blacks and Blues. Blacks and Blues airs on Friday night from 9 to midnight Eastern Time at org. Then it airs on Saturday night at 10 o'clock Central Time at org. And, again, I'm found on Facebook as Doug Curry, found as uh, Blacks and Blues, and also can be found on allpoetry.com under the name of Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D-99. We thank you for your your support doing this program. Thank Thank you, you, Jack. So much. Okay. Appreciate you, hon. I'll be back. All right. All right, baby. Thank you. So our next caller comes from area code... Dun, 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 dun. Come on, come on, come on. There we go. 615. 615, you're on the air. Hi. My hey, sweetie, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. The name of my piece is Reflexology Without Apology. Reflexology Without Apology. I adopted a reflexology to believe the lies with no apology. The horror was my truth. It was a loyal friend. It was a sign to vex me and stay with me until the end. One night while I lay asleep in my bed, I saw a demon hovering over my head. I was afraid and I didn't know what to do. I put some clothes on and ran to the New Age store. They sold me a talisman, crystals, salt, some sage, and a whole lot more. They told me to burn some stuff around the house and wash the floors with some salt-filled water. I did all that, and bad dreams made me scream and holler. Those things that I bought only made things worse. The house made noises. I had a poltergeist. Incubus came and told me I was his wife. Jezebel came against me through my mother. Accusation came against me through my brothers. My father had been long gone. Addiction got a hold of him. He drank and hit the bong. He was weak and it was strong. Insanity and suicide came calling. With an urge to pull the trigger, the roots of my despair ran deep. The harvest grew bigger. I went to the doctor to find out what was wrong with me. I said, what's going on, doc? Am I crazy? She said, no, but you have cancer and hepatitis C. Oh, my God, my life is over. What can I do? What would you have done if all this happened to you? I had demons raping me every single night. Some of them were black. Some of them looked white. When I closed my eyes to go to sleep, an unforeseen would pick me up and then physically drop me. After that, I was filled with so much stress. Couldn't bathe and couldn't get dressed. I stayed up for days until I passed out from sheer exhaustion. My hair fell out. I had bald spots all over my head. When the sun went down, my heart filled with gloom and dread. I felt depression when, I got, when it got dark at night. I knew when to sleep. 
I was in for another fight. A million and one ways to die in reoccurring dreams and night sweats. Am I in hell yet? I went to church seeking help in the days. The preacher man told me demons do not exist these days. I said, well, can you please come to my house and tell them that and make them leave me alone? My once peaceful house no longer feels like a home. I said, whatever, man, I'm out of here. I went to another church and repeated the story while sitting in an office chair. This time, the pastor believed me, but his eyes were filled with fear. Resist the devil and flee was his advice. I messed up, preacher. What is happening to me? That's all you got to say? I started crying like someone close had died. I couldn't see because of all the tears in my eyes. I had visions of death playing like a movie in my mind. Please, 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 somebody take me out of this misery. I was at my wit's end until Jesus was referred to me by a friend. She asked me, are you sick and tired? Do you want this torment to end? Then accept Jesus into your heart. He'll love on you and give you a fresh start. He can and he will set you free. Only in his name will these demons flee. See, you had a door open because you bent your knees and bowed to bail, using them dildos that you had for sale. Every time you squirmed in ecstasy, you were really saying to the spirit of perversion, will you marry me? Now repent and throw all that stuff out. You need to shut those doors so incubus and succubus will bother you no more. Forgive those who hurt you so your family relations can be restored. Shut the door. Shut the door. Shut the door. Praise the Lord. Please the blood. That's your gun. Worship is a weapon. Take the battle to intercession. The devil cannot stand against these things. Psalm 91 says, there's safety under God's wings. When Jesus was tempted, he used what was written. The word of God is another weapon to use against his foe. Learn how to use it and the devil will leave. He eventually will go. You must fast and pray and learn how to flow. I said to her, why couldn't the pastors tell me this? She replied, they didn't go deep. They, they didn't go deep. They stayed on the surface. They couldn't help you because they just didn't know. The spirit of religion didn't allow the spirit of God's truth to flow. They didn't believe you because the fires of purification they had not been through. I sincerely thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me on the cross. I am pure silver, no more dross. In peace. Absolutely beautiful testimony to your faith, to your heart. Uh, just an incredibly strong piece. That was phenomenal. Thank you. That really You're very showed- welcome. A real battle to find faith, and you found it. You found mm-hmm. your way. That was a great ride, and I love the emotion and passion you put into the delivery on that. Thank you. Absolutely phenomenal, honey. Incredible. Well, you can find me on Facebook. My name is Keely, K-E-I-L-Y, Denny, D-E-N-N-Y. I also have a page on Facebook called Snippets of Wisdom, and I bring words of encouragement and um, and have Christian words of encouragement and stuff like that on there. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, I hope you come back and share with us again. Absolutely incredible piece. And I think that's it. We'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> you too, you honey. Too. All right. So our next caller, fighting with the board, can you tell? Our next caller comes from, oh, come on, come on, area code 562. Can you hear me, 562? I can hear you clearly. Good evening. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to get on and get off because I know we're in the overtime period. I am Samuel Rain, and you're listening to the Speakeasy Cafe. So here's this piece. Seldom spoken, claimed by many, believe me, I will speak this last breath and hell me. I am freedom in peace. <laughs> okay, nice. that was a little too Brevity. fast. That was a nice brevity, though. Thank you. That that was just a tease. I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably well, exactly you know, what... I mean, <laughs> uh, I, it wasn't enough. It was too short. Of course. Okay, so it was awesome, but it was too short. Thing. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, because I want them to turn the page and read the next poem. So here's here's the next poem. The world's a better place. One would ponder, as the taste of famine fills the land. Death's past. Man killing man. You remember greed, the habit, the have and nots, wondering who's next. Earth's billion seeds lost in yesterday's tomorrow in peace. Oh, man. Uh-oh. We've got a man that knows how to put it in a compact package. That was nice. <laughs> that, that was, was phenomenal. Nice. Thank you. Well, I have to, to thank the people that, that I work with as well in A Divinity Publishing, Mr. Eric Devon. He's one of the dopest editors I know, and and he's uh, I've been working with him. And he's been teaching me a lot, so I have to get props out to him. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. So we are. Make sure that you give your. Can you do give your Facebook page one more time for me? Uh, you can find me as Samuel Rain, and you know you have the right one when you look for Dark Man Blues. Dark Man Blues. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Fantastic job, honey. Thank you. You're very welcome. That was All right, guys. Brevity. Yeah, it was. Indeed. All right, so we have one caller, uh, 765. Your hand is not up. If you wanted to come on the air, 765, please press 1, and I can bring you on. Stan, before you take off, my love, do you want to read one more piece? Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and revisit something that you uh, had me do as homework. Yay and for homework. Was, which was having coffee with Sigmund Freud. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, you did that, Jimmy. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Oh, so I wrote a piece that was Sigmund Says... With coffee. In this text, direct quotes of Sigmund Freud, some excerpts of a fictional chat. 
I will endeavor to reply poetically as if he and I interact. Sigmund says, unexpressed emotions will never die. They are buried alive and will come forth later in uglier ways. My reply, I agree, sir, we must show tolerance, give heart and mind words for passion's vent. Before better coarse words that might offend than suppressed emotions expressed in violence. Sigmund says, Civilization began the first time an angry person chose to cast a word instead of a rock. My reply, a bit ambivalent on this one, sir, of insight and accord we do reside. Yet where the civilized in any authority where people's free speech is denied? Sigmund says, words and magic were in the beginning one and the same thing. And every, even today, words retain much of their magical powers. My reply, a modicum of fantasy and real in mind are mixed. Imagination journeys beyond creation in rivers states, leaves all shackles of oppression behind, traveling a free-willed imaginative mind. In there, no absolute or impossible can exist. Sigmund says, everywhere I go, I find a poet has been there before me. My reply where poets free-willed, open-heart words blaze trails toward humanity's dream tomorrows. The intelligent, insightful, open minds of humanity eventually follow in peace. <laughs> I love it. I love the line in there, especially, you know, I always do that. I always look for, as I'm reading through it, a line will stick out and I have to write it down. And sometimes it's like I'm I'm listening so intently I don't get it right. So if I butcher this, forgive me. Okay. But the line in there that really stuck out to me that I thought was just, you know, like I was talking earlier, I, I think it's just a brilliant line, is because instead of it sucking us in, instead of making us implode into the thought, it explodes with thoughts. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. And it was the line, forgive me if I get it wrong, but it was civilization began when someone threw a word and not a rock. Yes. I yeah, love that, that line. Yeah, and that's, that is his quote. That is a direct quote from Sigmund Floyd. Oh, well, yeah. screw him. I thought no. it was yours. How did he <laughs> steal a line from you? Well, we got to give Sig his, we got to give the man his due. I mean, True. A lot of a lot of therapists in that have gone well beyond what he thought psychotherapy should be, but a lot of his references were pretty common sense observations, and I think that one is a good one. I think that's a good one, as far as the, you know. It's really funny. The, is there was a place I was working one time, and part of their hiring, yeah, um, part of their hiring was to uh, they gave us a. Oh, what do I want to call it? They gave us like these this hiring test we had to do. Yes. Right, and it was as it was a Sigmund Freud test that was supposed to talk about your uh, personality traits, how you do in groups, kind of 
you know, point out your what maybe your personality flaws, which would be highly illegal nowadays to do oh, yeah. something like that. Back then it wasn't. And one at the end of it, you know, that we got to see our results, which was, which was kind of cool. But um, mine was mine said that all of my independence and stubbornness and my inability or my my inability to say see very many shades of gray was due to my mother potty training me, forcing me to try to potty train me too early. Everything in my life stems back to me, my mom trying to potty train me too early. Wow. Did you get the job? I did, actually. There you I go. Did. But but it was really funny. I mean, so every time I think of Sigmund Freud, I think about that. It all comes back to the mummy and daddy. <laughs> yes, everything always comes back to mummy and daddy with him. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, eh, you know, a lot does come back to mummy and daddy, but you know, <laughs> a lot of it is self-induced as well. You know, we we got to take accountability somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Fantastic job with me tonight. I appreciate you being here as always. Uh, you're just amazing. And um, do did you uh, did you give your number out again, or your your Facebook thing out again? Oh, Facebook is just simply yeah. Stanley Phillips. Uh, you can uh, find me here, of course, on Nihilus Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, Blatant plug here. You can also find me in the Outlaw Poets Were in Cahoots anthology. And you can find me in the 2017 and the 2018 World Poetry Open Mic anthologies. And, of course, on other different spoken word venues across all over the place. (laughs) I'm pretty much everywhere. (laughs) We're glad that one of the places that you are is here with us. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you hanging out with me all night long and hosting with me. So thank you, baby. Oh, always a pleasure, Nyla. Always. Thank you. All right. And we will talk to you next week, okay? Yes, you will. <laughs> all right, sweetheart. All right, everybody. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Appreciate you all being here, both callers and listeners alike. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. So we will talk to you next week. I'm going to close the show with a track um, that's by uh, which one was it? Where is it? Love After Marriage. Love After Marriage. This is uh, Jeff Stumpo. And we will talk to you guys next week. Good night, everybody. If I ever go blind, my wife will build in the backyard a life-size model of a rhinoceros, detailed down to the pebbled skin and a mechanical swishing tail. She will produce a giraffe, complete with ladder and safety harness. She will include in our private zoo rabbits, Gila monsters, a pool full of rubber sharks and goldfish, all the dangerous and silent animals of the world I could never otherwise enjoy and one live billy goat, just to f*** with me. (laughs) If I ever lose my hearing, she will purchase 300 chinchillas, lay me down in a small dark room and play club music and Shostakovich as they scamper over my body. 
She will pour icy water over my head and back during the bassoons in the Nutcracker Suite. She will slap my stupid face if I ask for the Murder City Devils. And as for Gardel's tango, Por una Cabeza or Buena by Morphine, for some things there are no words. If I ever lose my sense of direction, it will be absolutely no different than now, and she'll still be the one holding the map on road trips. This is love after marriage. If she sends me to the store and has only written cereal on the grocery list, I know which one is her favorite, and that she will invariably have wanted something different by the time I get home. This is what it is to be psychic after marriage. Sometimes she tells me I am so damn hot. And that means sleeping on the couch, because really, I'm so damn hot. This is the revocation of metaphor after marriage. <laughs> so keep your roses red, your violets blue, keep your angels singing, your stars shining, keep your poetry. You don't marry someone for their poetry. You marry them for showing you all the white space that remains, for being okay with never filling it all. Somewhere in the beauty of Christ.